0: this
1: Stop. hello and welcome to play this the podcast where two old friends talk about video games and this week they do it with two more friends it's twice the number of friends yeah <laughs> old <Hello>, friends <laughs> yay friends Woo! yeah I'm Max <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Daniel <laughs> and that's all you need to know <laughs> now this week as uh, as mentioned on the last podcast we're doing a extra special episode this week for my last episode on the podcast. For the foreseeable future, or maybe forever, who knows? We'll see. <laughs> foreseeable, foreseeable forever. Foreseeable future. <laughs> and this week, we're bringing back uh, two favorites on the podcast, Colin. Hello, I'm Colin. I went to Colin first because he's sitting next to me. Sorry, Sean. Hey, that's a, that's okay. And Sean.
0: Yes, hi everybody. Um, for those of you who might be joining us from our sister podcast, to Smashing Theory. Thanks. Yes. Hello. It'll be like listening to us, but also them.
1: Sean, you need to give me some cash now because you just did an ad on my podcast. Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, this is not a smashing theory. No. This no. is Play This, a podcast where two friends talk about video games, and this week four friends talk about a video game yes. that we all played together. Yeah. That video game is called uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance, and it is old, and it has things that we will talk about within it it's when so we get to that point.
0: It's not right. that old. It's so old. Well, I mean,
1: time is relative. It's a flat circle, Colin. Time is a <laughs> flat circle. <laughs> a flat circle made of Marvel the Ultimate Alliance. 80s like fashion
2: a... is in now, so therefore this is a new game. That's true. I, I Actually, see. this is a game uh, from the future.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so some of you out there will know Sean from Daniel and Sean's other podcasts, which we've hinted at a couple times, A Smashing Theory, yes. where they talk about uh, the upcoming Smash Bros. game for the Nintendo Switch. We yeah. can do that. Nintendo nintendo is how i said that <laughs> uh and also if you're a long-time listener of the podcast you'll remember colin from our game of the year cast from 2017 welcome yep. back colin yeah.
0: thank you yes that would be uh when he nominated a dog as the best cat of 2017 yep he I was it he was the yeah, best cat you know what? he
1: didn't nominate though for anything Yu Yu-Gi-Oh! that's true so, uh, <laughs> so why is he here he's still number one in my heart <laughs> i see daniel actually i have to tell you we're not actually having a child that was just been a long, long why, because I couldn't tell you that I'm leaving the podcast because of Yu-Gi-Oh. But uh, that's the real reason.
3: You, you, you've you, been very convincing, your wife, just, like, stuffing, like, slightly larger pillows. It's like, Yu-Gi-Oh under... cards. Oh. Right? <laughs> 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 well, now that the ruse is up, can I have them? <laughs> it's the saddest question you've ever asked me.
1: <laughs> And I just watched you freak out about a Sawaddle doll. That out. Huh. One of the things we like to do in this podcast, other than have our friends on and just talk crap about daniel mm-hmm. is uh talk about video game news yeah unfortunately since last time we did a podcast there's been zero video game news <laughs> pretty so much. daniel just put down a bunch of sh- stuff that i'm pretty sure is fake uh,
3: no it's real
1: <laughs> oh well it's, it might as well be fake <laughs> uh
3: yeah first first thing that happened was nintendo uh just kind of suddenly announced their next nintendo labo project the toy con 3 the vehicle kit basically comes with cardboard that you can cut out and turn into various gadgets kind of like their last two kits this focuses on sort of steering wheels and control panels for vehicles that you can then control in these mini games that they put in software that comes with the kit the Toycon car the Toycon plane the Toycon submarine and a like a Toycon pedal that works as an accelerator for all of them and the Toycon key that uh, that you put in each of them to sort of turn them on and control them. That's so is it just
1: going to be like cardboard in the shape of a key?
3: Uh, Yes, with the Joy-Con like slid into it. I see. Yeah. Well, that's a big key. Yeah. It's got a Joy-Con in there. Oh yeah, it's a big old key.
1: It's basically a key blade. Not hmm.
3: quite. Not quite a key blade. It's more like a key dagger.
1: Thank you. Uh, that's
3: that's a much <laughs>
0: darker version of Kingdom Hearts. We're all <laughs> running around stabbing each
3: other with key daggers.
0: I mean, that's basically what Riku had for like a game and a half. I get, well, he that, had a key dagger. That's a this big. Whole time. That's uh, that's a little too big. That that's like a high fantasy dagger. Oh you know? yeah, yeah maybe, no. maybe, maybe more like a dirk.
2: Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Sure. Sure.
0: I don't know if that's accurate, but I like your use of that word.
2: Welcome it's, to play this the podcast about fantasy weapons.
1: Yes. and their sizes. It's, right.
2: it's more of a scimitar.
1: No, it's not curved.
2: It's not are normal-sized curved swords. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, what do you think a scimitar is, Daniel? I don't know.
0: know. It's
3: like a baby scimitar.
0: Is it, it curved? It is on one side. It's, it's curved a, it's on sc- one side and straight back on the other. <laughs> oh, okay. it's, I it's, believe. It's a scimitar
3: because it's a baby moving on (laughs) i wish you
0: guys could see the expression on max's face
3: (laughs) that really would enhance this podcast like so much
1: so you have the price point here at 69.99 yeah is that for all five components
3: yes yeah the the whole kit is 70 bucks it comes out september 14th which is a pretty quick turnaround that's uh That's less than 2 months from now. That uh, would suck if you had to buy each one for $70. Okay. I wow. wouldn't put it past Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> I mean the robot kit, like the that big really complicated kit. That was like I think that was 70 bucks too. Mm-hmm. Um I think so as well. Yeah.
1: I like the idea of the like car, plane, submarine, so far so good. All different modes of transportation, each unique and kind of cool. Yeah. And then they clearly ran out of steam and they're like pedal. <laughs> which you
2: don't use for a plane? Maybe uh, no. you do. I don't definitely really don't. think so. Pretty sure
1: you don't for a submarine. You definitely don't for a submarine. And then key, which like, I don't think you have a key to a submarine either. Oh no, I lost my keys! <laughs> <laughs> How are we going to get out of this underwater place we're in? <laughs> it's just like, they're, they're literal car peripherals that they're like, yeah, whatever, it's fine.
3: I've, I've seen the gameplay for it and the games look pretty, like, surprisingly in-depth, like more in-depth than the variety kit had. Which, uh, which is the one that I got and I played some of.
0: Besides, kids love
3: pedals and keys. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's true. They're known for it.
2: Yeah. They do make keys for babies. They have something you know, to jingle jangle and sure, put their sure, yeah. And oh, teething, yeah. little yeah. teething yeah. key. It's probably yeah. exactly like that. Yeah, when yeah, Max...
3: Cardboard is great in your mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when Max has his kid, he can get him a, uh, a Toy-Con vehicle kit. Like, right out... You know, <laughs> he, he he shoots out there and then he just hand him the vehicle kit. Uh, yeah. And he's good to go, yeah. And the good news
1: there is $70 is cheap for baby shit. Right? <laughs> good point. It's a discount compared to most of the stuff you have to buy for a baby. Oh, man. I'm not better. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I, th-
3: I think the Nintendo Labo stuff is neat, but what I think is especially neat is the fact that ToyCon 3 happening means that Toy-Cons 1 and 2 probably did pretty well. You know, Nintendo didn't just decide, okay, I think we're done, we're right. going to shut this down.
1: We'll just have to see
3: how long the novelty
0: lasts. Right, right. Yeah.
3: I I see them going to ToyCon five and then giving up. That's, okay. Or or maybe they'll they'll use all of their ideas by that point. Well, right. they're clearly starting to run out of ideas. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: Nintendo Labo five ToyCon gun. <laughs> Actually, you're
1: kidding. So, oh my god, that better come with Duck Hunt. <laughs> so True. so
3: the the first trailer for the Nintendo Labo just as a concept. Like it showed it showed off the variety kit and showed off the robot kit, right? Mm-hmm. At the very end, they showed a montage of several Toy Cons that were not available in either kit. Mm-hmm. Some of them are actually now available in the vehicle kit. Okay. So basically they're kind of like hints at what we could see later. Oh, I see. One of those Toy Con gadgets was a pump action gun. Oh. Holy yeah, shit. so I think there could be like a Toy-Con-like shooter kit. Okay, you know?
2: so we could finally play Shadow the Hedgehog for Switch.
3: <laughs> ah, yes, of course. <laughs> yeah, that, that's how it's like a ports that, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's the longest
1: game. It kind of does feel like sometimes the more technology progresses, the further back we go. Because <laughs> that kind of, that what you just said to me reminds me of like playing with Nerf guns as a kid. Uh-huh. Right. But instead yeah. of like having a piece of plastic and styrofoam, we've now got cardboard. <laughs>
3: <laughs> right. Well, right. yeah, the Labo is not the biggest news
1: it's bigger the news than what you've got next yeah
3: it's not the biggest <laughs> news in the world but it's the biggest news this week it manages to be bigger news than uh the next item i managed to find which is that nickelodeon cart racers <laughs> was announced this week <laughs> this is not news <laughs> this, this okay. is not news uh, it's coming out october 23rd yeah, still going no there's no
1: the, deterring him.
0: for the ps4 xbox one and nintendo switch <laughs> for forty dollars well what uh now it says here that it's published by Game Mill Entertainment. What else have they done?
3: Uh, not much. Uh-huh. They're yeah, they they kind of just do licensed games. It's developed by Bam Tang, Bam Tang, right. uh, who have uh, their their pedigree so far is two mobile games. Nice. One of them is like yeah, one of them is like a Marvel thing. Uh, and yeah, so chances are this game is not going to be good or noteworthy. But when when I read when I read some of the features and some of the stuff they had in it, I kind of wished that it was. So I wanted to talk about it a bit. Go for it. Uh, so the press release said that uh, that the game is going to have characters from uh, characters and stages from twelve iconic franchises from from stable. They've revealed four of those franchises. Okay, we got SpongeBob. Pa- uh, we've, got, we've got we've got we've got SpongeBob Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> we got SpongeBob Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> SpongeBob. <laughs> SpongeBob, <laughs> Patrick. SpongeBob. <laughs> Patrick, <laughs> We've got SpongeBob SquarePants, uh, SpongeBob, Patrick, and Sandy are playable from that. Mm-hmm. SpongeBob
1: Patrick is, of course, the show after SpongeBob SquarePants where he and Patrick start living together. <laughs> right, right, yeah. yeah. it's more adult in its nature. Uh-huh. You know, right, it's, yeah. It's yeah. about the trials and tribulations of an adult SpongeBob and Patrick It's the trying avenue, to make the best out of Bikini It's the bottle.
0: avenue cue to SpongeBob right. SquarePants' is, uh, Sesame Street. Right, right, right yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and
1: now they're in a cart racing. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, From the crimes they committed,
3: <laughs> and one one neat thing actually, uh, the game has kind of acute attention to detail, right? Mm-hmm. Like SpongeBob's car that he drives in is actually like the the little boat that he drives around when he like ah, goes to, like driving
0: school. Okay, is so that
1: acute attention to detail, or is that just like a necessary component of this? Like, I mean, it sp- could have I- been
0: in like a sponge shaped car. Yeah, you, you could have right? just Googled SpongeBob they, they car and, and you end lower. up with that boat. Did they?
1: <laughs> they did. No, man. if there's an alt where it's like the invisible car that the superheroes in that universe have, whose name oh, I can't Mermaid remember, man and Barnacle Boy, then that yeah. would be yeah. like a maybe that would be an unlockable car. We don't fucking know. That's what I just said.
3: Oh, okay.
0: I know this incidentally, not because I'm a huge fan of SpongeBob, but because I was a substitute teacher for a couple of years, huh. and the mo for any teacher is just like just put SpongeBob on. I, know, uh, the I wonder
1: do you think that's still true to this day do you think spongebob has the same that's a currency with children yeah i wonder what the
0: modern day yeah. that was in like yeah. 2011 so maybe not yeah i don't know
1: yeah time keeps marching on uh yes.
0: maybe now it's like teen titans go or something it uh, could be yeah uh
3: so they also have the teenage mutant ninja turtles mm-hmm. in in the racing game
0: uh all four of them that's in... good
3: they didn't just leave one out
1: yeah right yeah which uh, probably
0: Raphael, right he was too busy partying <laughs> they've got like Raphael Donatello Michelangelo and Splinter yeah, Leonardo, yeah Leonardo <laughs> I'd agree with like Splinter are you kidding me that'd be amazing oh, oh yeah no, that'd I, be I would. great
1: uh, Daniel be... is the level of detail on this one great too do they have pizzas I don't
3: know I haven't. <laughs> are they just <laughs> pizza
1: delivery cars
3: I, I haven't oh that'd be awesome I haven't seen their cars I don't I don't know you're slacking man I know, you, I
1: know. you're the one we go to for these these, uh, these sources <laughs> these hot takes <laughs> these Nickelodeon scoops you're supposed to sling us that za
3: <laughs> we, there's also hey Arnold Arnold and Helga are are in cars for the classic combo is there a football car uh, man, I, I, the only car I really noticed was Spongebob's. I set myself up for failure by telling you about Spongebob's car. I wish that... A, I don't have any of the other ones memorized. I'm sorry. My, it,
1: what I think would be amazing for the Hey Arnold is if uh, Stoop Kid was unlockable, but you couldn't <laughs> actually race with him. Because <laughs> he's on his stoop. Yeah, they just put the stoop at the starting line yeah. and that's it. His, his super move is getting off of his stoop. <laughs> actually, or if the, if, the, if the Hey Arnold track starts at Stoop Kid's stoop, Oh. And then, like you know, he's there when you start. Oh, well we'll we'll he's get there to... when you end.
3: <laughs> we'll we'll get to that. Yeah. We'll get to Harold's track. Uh, and find and the fourth one they've announced so far is uh is Rugrats and Tommy Angelica, and Reptar are racing from that. So I don't know Does this... Tommy
0: drove around in a pickle car. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be that'd be
3: funny. I think actually, like it, it's like a crib. Okay, yeah, that's that. Reptar that, that's should fine. be the vehicle. Oh, it skates. Oh. Oh, you yeah. just ride oh, oh man, like the, the reptar oh, yeah. mobile from from the first movie, yeah. Or sweet. reptar should
1: be on ice skates, because these reptars <laughs> yeah, sure. There's a kid uh-huh.
3: on the ice. Someone get this kid <laughs> <laughs> off the ice. That show is great. <laughs> we're, we're really dating us. <laughs> <laughs> we're so old, we uh, like
1: yeah. talking about Rugrats. Uh, well, yeah, you get to say that, because you're the oldest one in the room.
0: Oh yeah, by, by a month... Well, you know it's coming back. There's a there's a new Rugrats series. Yeah.
1: Also, that
3: yeah, yeah. that's right. They're they're reviving Rugrats, mm-hmm. which is probably why they're in this game.
1: You know, as a kid, I really appreciated Rugrats for a number of reasons. I mean, obviously, it was the right time for me to sure, be a child sure. watching a, that show. Right, but there weren't a lot of cartoons, and there aren't a lot of cartoons these days that like. Teach kids about Passover and Hanukkah. Sure. Oh, yeah. And it like did,
0: you know, the representation
1: right, is yeah. really important, yeah, as we know. And, yeah. I, that's and, right. The
3: pickles were Jewish. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome.
0: No, yeah. they did. Those episodes won like awards they were, because they were groundbreaking They were yeah, yeah.
2: It was really great. And that's uh, why I've heard the story of Passover before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. From, yeah.
1: From, remember, the yeah. yeah kids yeah. of a certain generation, like I think, learned a lot about Jewish history and culture from the Rugrats yeah
0: that's a really good point what's kind of funny is that um I when I was very little you know like up until I was about seven years old I lived in New York City and you know there's this kind of cultural touchstone of like oh the the war on Christmas right like you can't have Christmas in schools now it's got to be happy holidays whatever right right when I that bullshit yes exactly when I was going to school in New York I was in such a Jewish neighborhood that we just celebrated Hanukkah. So I was like this little non-Jewish kid like spinning a dreidel and saying Hanukkah, Hanukkah, come light the menorah, like doing the whole thing. And my parents thought it was great.
1: They had no problem
0: sure. with it at all. It was just kind of like a cool thing that I was doing. I was learning about something I didn't know about. And gambling. And, yeah, <laughs> right. yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> no, actually, we, we did. Like, we'd spin the dreidel and, like, not not really bet, but, like, you'd get, like, a, a chocolate coin or whatever. Yeah. Sean's, Sean's mom is, like, the most chill mom I've ever met in my life. Like, his parents are... Like the most
3: normal, actually Max and Max and Sean, like the two like normal families that I've known in my life. Sorry, Colin. (laughs) Colin, Yeah, Colin's parents are still married, which is pretty good. (laughs)
1: That's pretty good. And and like to be clear, you mean that not like anything against his parents, right? So much as like you're okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, Like it's good for them yeah no like it's the I, best they yeah. can do
3: no like no my 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 family background is you know is a little on the dysfunctional side so it's
1: Max and Sean's
2: families are all like their parents are also still married yeah that's yes right. yeah
3: to, to be clear yes. no I was I was always kind of in awe of how like how like great and like regular their families were
1: <laughs> I think that's not dissimilar though from the conversation that we're kind of having about that Nickelodeon is bringing out which is that yeah. like when you're a kid, you learn so much about the way that the world is structured. Yeah. And having things reflected to you that you don't get in your own household mm-hmm. yes. is a super important way to navigate the world and to learn the broad experience that people have and to build those pathways to empathy that are A, really important, and yeah. B, falling apart in modern American society. For yeah, sure. There's less and less empathy in the world, and we can see that clearly every day.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. Al- although it's it tends to be falling apart People like our age and older, you know, like right. like the like the generations younger than us. I think are doing pretty good, and I think part of it is that they're they're raised on these shows that have been like the most inclusive I've ever seen. You know, we we got this generation of kids being raised on stuff like Steven Universe and uh, and You're really just thinking about Steven. Oh Universe, yeah, so. mainly mainly just Steven Universe, <laughs> but there's other there's other no, there's, shows lately. There's, like, there's like, other good stuff. Yeah, like the like, like the like the Loud parents. House has like gay mm-hmm. parents in it,
1: like uh even uh what's that show foster's home for imaginary foster's, friends yeah, f- yeah, foster's yeah home, like yeah. that was kind of between our right, generation like, and like the current yeah. one yeah that's like the half generation below us but from what i understand that show is also super good about like showing people who maybe aren't t- typical mm-hmm. yeah um as like protagonists
3: yeah 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 cartoons are good
0: <laughs> yeah no they are it's good uh, stuff and I think
1: probably because a lot of the kids who
0: are watching shows like Rugrats are now making the cartoons. Yes, yeah, well, that's right, a good point. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the,
1: the, it's cyclical in that way. Yeah, that yeah. what yeah. you observe as a child then feeds what you are as an adult. Yeah, and then you reflect that back when you do your work.
3: Yeah, and uh, yeah, so things
0: are only really kind of getting better, at least in that respect.
1: Yeah, I was always more
0: of a Cartoon Network kid. I don't know what that says about me. Uh, you're yeah. a piece of shit. And you're not. Oh,
1: I know. I have no opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Curse the Cowardly Dog. Great show
0: yeah yeah yeah, good shit um my mom Loved actually Dexter's Lab. my mom worked for the company for a while that did the music for courage really yeah yeah, uh, yeah. three tree productions yep yeah. yeah his mom's great that's awesome we'd like, we like go back to visit and they're just oh, that's where we're starting <laughs>
1: this is all about daniel's love of your parents <laughs> Yeah. we've come full
0: circle just like rugrats <laughs> hey speaking of tommy angelica and Reptar are going to be in fucking I nickelodeon cart s- racers yeah, I saw i'm coming that. full circle. Oh, oh i see yes. okay yeah, uh, yeah he's I also
1: see. doing you a solid so if you need to cut yeah, it, by, it, bringing, yeah you, by bringing you just back, have yeah. a clean take of it yeah so you. i think the interesting question here other than that weird little path we just went down uh-huh. right. is if there was one nickelodeon franchise that you would include in this what would it be I mean, yeah. obviously yeah, The no, obvious that's, one. That's good, yeah. The obvious one for me is Rocket Power because it fits the oh the landscape hard. so, oh, that'd so be perfectly. Real good, yeah. It's almost too good.
0: Yeah, that'd be real good. I'm just gonna say, and I'm actually kind of surprised you didn't suggest this one. I would put Angry Beavers in there. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. I would have both of them. You know, maybe in kind of like uh, sort of like Flume style cars that they like cut themselves with their teeth. You know, that kind of thing. That's right. pretty great. Thank you. That's their yeah. like
2: getting ready animation. They cut yeah. their cars. No, that'd be ah, awesome. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And then they race. How about you, Colin? I'd honestly just play only a Spongebob game. and only going to be a better game. Focus
1: on one franchise. Right. Fair. Like a Spongebob Racers? Yeah. Uh, that,
3: yeah, you could... Yeah. Oh, man. Plankton, like, driving around in his bucket. That'd be pretty uh-huh, good. Yeah. Uh-huh. I would pick... Uh, the avatar franchise oh that's a good point yeah like i always
0: forget that that's a nickelodeon franchise because right? it's not like Wah, <laughs> slime you know like yeah. it's like kind have of its own thing <laughs> yeah. oh yeah i forgot about slime yeah, that's slime. why all
2: this stuff is oh well all the tracks are slime yeah so one of
3: the features is 24 different slime filled <laughs> tracks uh such as bikini bottom the nyc sewers. so that's pretty easy to make slime filled right uh, it kind of already
1: is it's yeah. interesting that they're calling it slime and not gack wasn't their thing? Wasn't it Gak?
0: They, they had Gak and they had slime.
1: They it's, were separate things.
0: Yeah, they've they've done slime pretty consistently. For I guess I thought Gak
1: and slime were the same. Yeah,
0: the the one major I feature. Think, I think you could buy Gak. Gak
2: was
3: the thing you could have.
2: Yes. Uh, yeah. Gak was the purchasable and then, version. And then of slime. Yeah. And you got slimed. Yeah, you got right. slimed.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and and that's why the main feature that they list for this video game is slime overload. Will have you turning your carts. Into jet ski racers. That's like they they list that as like you know the big feature of the game. Actually, I'm sorry. It reads slime. I I put this verbatim in the outline. Uh-huh. Slime Overload will have you turning you carts into jet ski racers. <laughs> that
1: was on the official press release. Good job, Bam Tang. Yeah.
3: <laughs> well, that's probably Game Mill's
2: fault. Which, uh- by the way, Game Mill sounds like a derogatory term for somebody that turns out too many games. Oh yeah, 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 yeah.
1: yeah. Uh-huh. yeah.
3: No, this is, yeah, this is really promising.
1: Yeah. I think Slime Overload was also, like, Nickelodeon's modus operandi in the 90s. <laughs> yeah. It was just, like, that was written above every door. That was their mission statement. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Slime Overload. Yeah. But,
3: yeah, obviously Nickelodeon Kart Racers is not really news, but I, I, I it thought sure it was... Is something. I thought it was really funny <laughs> that it was announced, uh, because... We don't like this era of video games. We don't get a lot of shitty license games. You know, they they kind of. Well, I
1: think the most of them we do, they're just on mobile, and we don't know about them. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good point. point.
3: But on consoles, we don't really get. Yes. Yeah, we don't really get. Yeah, we're lic- sneaking. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I forgot about sneaking. <laughs> like, like developers kind of pick their battles with that these days. And when we do get licensed games, they actually get like game developers that are good at what they do to make those license games. Like, like the like the Steven Universe video games that have come out have all been pretty quality actually. Like
0: surprisingly so. Yeah, and then there was that uh, that Korra game was supposedly pretty alright. Yeah,
3: the Korra the game was, like, better. better I think, than yeah. your
0: average licensed game from, it's... like, the aughts or the 90s. Yeah, exactly, like, in, in a... Or October in a... 2018. <laughs>
3: yeah. yeah, in in a vacuum, that Korra game was kind of mediocre, but it was mm-hmm. better than your average licensed game, for right.
1: sure. Yeah, man! What a segue into a conversation we're going to have in just a little bit too. Oh yeah, talking sure. about licensed games. Yeah,
3: see that, that's why I did that. This. May yeah. or may not be <laughs> shitty. it's <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> shitty. <laughs>
1: but I think what we'll talk about is the distinction between shitty and fun, and how they don't necessarily go hand in hand. Right, right.
3: But yeah, that's that's all the news I got for you guys this week. I I don't know when things are going to pick up. I we just had San Diego Comic Con, right. and I thought that was going to bring us some news. I actually thought that Marvel Ultimate Alliance would be a really timely game for us to play because I I thought it was a given that we would get that Square Enix Avengers Mm -hmm. game announced there. Instead, Marvel Ultimate Alliance ended up being a really timely game for a different reason. Marvel Ultimate Alliance got pulled from stores, from digital stores this week because
0: Activision's
3: license expired and they didn't renew it.
0: So if you listen to this podcast and you think, gee, I'd like to play Marvel Ultimate Alliance, fuck you. you go find <laughs> okay. a
3: physical copy. <laughs> yeah, go go find a physical copy for the Xbox 360 or PS3 because you cannot get the PS4 or Xbox One version at all anymore. Does the license only game ever mean that
1: you can't buy DLC either? Well, the
3: recent digital re-releases uh, just had the DLC bundled in.
1: But I mean, if you buy a physical copy now. If,
3: if you buy a physical copy and you don't get the Gold Edition for the Xbox 360, uh, then no, you cannot get the DLC anymore. Yeah, sucks.
1: <laughs> yeah, there are politics in video games too. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: ugh. Like this like Sean and I have had a lot of debate over the over the years of physical versus digital, right? That's
0: true. I'm more of a digital guy and I think on balance Daniel is more of a physical yeah, guy. I've, well,
1: as we've covered in this podcast many times before, Daniel is a collector at heart. Right. Yeah. So that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I've and it's funny, like this
3: latest generation have been kind of converting. I've uh, mainly been buying things digital because because this generation of games has made it inconvenient to own physical. Right. Mm-hmm. Like like, even if you get a PS4 game on a disc, you put it in the system and it downloads the whole game to your system before you can play it.
0: Right. Uh, but you still have to play it with the
3: disc, even though the whole game is
0: on your system. Yeah,
3: and it yeah, it basically feels like they're punishing me for buying the game physical, so I'm basically digital only on PS4 now. And, but, like, not by choice. <laughs> right, yeah. And it's become such a habit that, like, now I'm basically just digital only on the Switch as well. But when digital is your only option, it bugs me because... Things that are digital only can disappear and there can be no way to ever retrieve them. Legally. Right. And yeah, like when, when you kind of lose pieces of video game history like that, like when there's no way to, no real, uh, way to preserve that history. It, it, uh, kind of reminds me the wrong way. I don't like it. Not a fan.
0: There actually is, or was, I can't remember if it was resolved, um, kind of a lawsuit happening between the American library association and the ESA, uh, huh. Because America, the American Library Association would like to be able to, um, for kind of historical and preservation purposes, emulate video games that oh. can no longer be played in libraries. And the ESA has basically said, like, no, you can never emulate anything right. ever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and there's been some back and forth about that. And I hope that the libraries win. Yeah, you know? that'd be nice. Um, I think that it's really... I'd, I'd love to go over to a library and play Plock. Right, sure. Why Nintendo, not? Yeah. Um, I think that, too, like, kind of one of the big cruxes of the argument is that they would like to be able to kind of emulate dead games in such a way that, like, if it's a multiplayer game, like, let's say League of Legends were to shut down. Right. They'd like it so that you can go into the library and then play League of Legends on, like, a LAN connection, right? Yeah. Like, within the library. And that was kind of the big sticking point, was that the ESA, you know, kind of didn't want you to be able to do that.
1: Which is ironic, because League of Legends is a free game. (laughs) Well, free. Yeah,
0: he he made little air quotes I did, yes. Thank you, Daniel, my emotion translator. Yes, it's, it's what I do. It is. Yeah, Sean just smiled. Wow. Yeah. Kenan kind of
2: nodded a <laughs> did a little wink there. Yeah.
1: So for all of you listening out there, this is what the podcast will be once I leave. So I'm <laughs> enjoying yes. this. Get ready. <laughs> if you enjoyed introspective
0: and fascinating discussion of cultural issues... well, oh, I just meant more Daniel's translating of your... gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: So that's really all the news of the week. Yeah, yeah. We really... Such as it is. Milked those dry, dry udders.
2: <laughs>
1: cool. Yeah. Delicious dry milk.
2: That's not how you get dry milk, Daniel.
1: <laughs> you just find a dry cow. <laughs> you starve a cow for a month.
0: Yeah. Oh, boy. No, the milk is dry. You gotta go get a cow in the desert and then... uh and then there you go. Isn't that just a camel? No. <laughs> <laughs> no you it's can move cows. <laughs> cows
2: can be in dub other places. The camel is the uh, cow of the
3: desert.
0: He's a cow in the <laughs> desert, not of <laughs> the desert. tuna of the sea. Chicken <laughs> of sea. I was just thinking about that. Is this tuna. chicken or fish? Wow, speaking of dating
1: ourselves, uh, that's an old reality show. <laughs> Daniel, you, have you seen a camel? <laughs> well they, they make milk right yeah yes because yeah, they're mammals Bam, spam <laughs>
4: so
1: that was the news of the week and uh, now let's talk about what video games we're playing which right. is going to be a really easy conversation i'll break it down for the audience I'm not playing anything because I'm playing this video game called About to Have a Baby. Right, and, <laughs> and the, the three, three of them are playing <laughs> Octopath Traveler. I, I was
0: gonna count to three and then have all of us say it. Right, go ahead. Time. Yeah. Mean, you know. Well, wait, hold on. What uh,
3: what what kind of levels are in About to Have a Baby? Like, what's what? Are your, what is your favorite gameplay feature of About to Have a Baby?
1: Uh, the microtransactions, <laughs> <laughs> for sure.
3: Oh okay. yeah, nice. Good. Yeah.
1: <laughs> anyway, listen, we've this all been reason. playing Octopath
0: Traveler except for Max. And it's great.
1: Well, I played the demo, so mm-hmm. that's something. Yeah.
3: So I'm I'm guessing that you still have not really been feeling that game.
1: No, I I would play it. I would buy it and play it. Okay. Um, uh, I have some credit on Amazon, and so I was trying to buy it off there, but then it sold out on Amazon because the demand for the game has been much higher than anyone anticipated. So right. they're out of physical copies, like in almost every country. It's like Uh, the
0: Nintendo Wii of Nintendo games. Right.
1: (laughs) And then I was going to be like, well, you know, I I didn't then want to buy it on the Nintendo eShop because like free versus paying for it. Mm -hmm. Then that's like, you know, mental hurt. I don't like it enough to clear that mental hurdle. Sure. That's fair. Yeah. It's a a very slow starting game. It is That is true.
3: Well, I cleared that mental hurdle and it's real good. I really love that game.
1: Yeah. I think
0: that uh, once you get like your second character. From then on, I was ready to go. The further I've gotten into it, the more I've enjoyed it as I've kind of unlocked various features. The gameplay has deepened, and uh, it's just cool. It's just a really great, you know, if you've been craving kind of like an old-school RPG experience in this era of, like, you know, action RPGs and all this like kind of wacky stuff that people like to do, then definitely pick it up. It's quite good.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. The combat's, you know, a little bit more strategic than just, you know, hit attack with everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, and you could you, know, you make choices on which characters to bring, and they do different attacks that affect enemies differently. Yes. You yeah. have to, like, use d- specific attacks on specific enemies to reduce their shield so you can do actual good
3: amounts of damage to them.
2: It's yeah.
0: like kind of a Persona-style uh, weakness system.
3: Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I really like Octopath... Like, I wasn't sure how much I'd like Octopath Traveler's battle system when I played the first demo, and when I started the game... Uh, but like the battle system is almost like a puzzle game. Yes. Uh, like figuring out how to how to break each enemy, how to like how to stun them with their weaknesses, and then do that in a position where you can unload all your strongest attacks like right. turn right afterwards. And it's that's really satisfying to pull off. And the all the different job systems and class systems in the game, uh, all the all the different jobs and classes you can have in this game, really uh, give you a. Big variety of ways you can do that. A, uh, a cool amount of ways you can combine those jobs and their features together in order to just destroy your opponents.
0: They all feel very different from one another, which I appreciate. Yeah. Um, and then also, after a certain point, you unlock the ability to kind of cross class or like have a secondary class. Yeah. And that just makes it. That really kind of broadens and deepens the gameplay to a degree that just makes it that much more addicting to play, I think. Yeah. Having to decide, like, okay, you know, this uh, I have this really high-damaging character. Like, what do I want them to have as their kind of secondary class? What would complement them the best? What would complement the group the best? It's uh, it's very fun to uh, have to, to kind of puzzle through. Yeah.
3: I dig the stories, too. Like, mm-hmm. I think some of the people that worked on Bravely Default made this game. Yes. And...
1: Is it also some people from I Am Setsuna, or is it a different
3: team? No, different team. Yeah, different team than I Am Setsuna and uh, Lost Sphere. That was the next name that team made. Sphere? Yeah, it's S-P-H-E-A-R.
1: That's not why we're
3: laughing. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I have to say it like that. Because it's so stupid. Lost
0: Sphere. So... I'm I'm so glad that you guys enjoyed it when I recommended to you Odin's sphere. That was (laughs) was spelled normally. (laughs) This
1: is better than any going away cake you could have (laughs) got. Lost sphere.
0: Anyway, uh, tell us about your point. Uh,
3: So, so bravely default was was a game with some really excellent gameplay. Really. Almost evolved the JRPG genre in some cool ways, like mm-hmm. gameplay wise. And I loved the battle system, in that I loved the job system, but the story was just a slog.
0: It really, like, like it the, was ass. Yeah, for a certain point, yeah, it was like not the, good.
3: Like characters weren't really likable. There's, there's just a point in the story where like you experience that part, and then the game just drags for like ten hours. Awful. And I, you know, I guess we're still at a point where that could happen in Octopath Traveler, but. Uh, each of the eight main characters you can play as an Octopath Traveler have almost all of them have arcs that are actually interesting and engaging, and yeah. make me want to make me want to see these characters develop and see and see where their stories go. Uh, Tress is really adorable, the merchant character, mm-hmm. uh, really upbeat and cool. Alfin's hilarious, yeah, he's great. Uh, I also think that
0: Cy- oh, uh, uh, Cyrus yeah. is hilarious. That's what I meant to say. I actually think that like Cyrus. His storyline isn't very interesting, but he's such a funny character yeah. that he just carries the whole thing. Yeah, he does.
1: For me. Uh, but from playing the demo, it's interesting that you're talking about this because it's not the story, obviously, that that put me off because I didn't see much of the story. But some mm, of the right. writing did put me off. Like it's not super <laughs> well written. So yeah. the, time. the dialogue's right. not great. The voice acting, at least the English voice
3: acting, is kind of awful I, I think it's hit or miss I, I don't have a problem with the voice acting, I I, honestly I, I think it's hit or miss i think some i think or some well, of the voices are really great actually i
0: think the eight leads are good yeah every now and again you'll run into an npc who's like hey yes. there how are you doing and you're like oh <laughs> there is trust of the merchant's mom it just has this fucking wisconsin accent
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. In yeah. Like, what and what nobody, nobody, setting. And nobody else has an accent the there he off a fish <laughs> <Yeah>. like,
3: it's, <laughs> it's not oh. good healthy snake. <laughs> yeah.
1: the, the way that um, P- Hanit's people talk oh, drives me the fucking wall. See,
0: that's funny because I think it's hilarious. Think every it's, time I read yeah. dialogue in my head, I'm like, no, I'm yeah. this close to just chuckling a little bit. Yeah,
3: I agree with Max that it's really stupid, but it is in a way in that I am charmed by it. Yeah, yeah like, see, I'm not charmed like, by like, it. I just like, think it's stupid. Yeah, like like every time a battle starts and Hanit's like, letting us begin <laughs> it. <Like, hee-hee. laughs>
0: yeah. Or she has like a support conversation at one point with uh, with I think Cy during one of her missions, yeah. where she starts it off by saying like uh I do not meaneth to brag, but I hunt in the goats <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh now so righteous <laughs> uh yeah but i i'm 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 into that game, mm-hmm, me too, yeah, I think you know obviously there are a lot of parallels with bravely default, yeah, and in some ways it also just kind of feels like bravely default, but with the combat system done even better. Like, uh, in Bravely Default, one thing that kind of bugged me is that in order to get Brave Points, which let you do multiple actions in one turn, you had to kind of defend. So a lot of my fights were just me defending for four turns to build up four Brave Points and then doing a bunch of shit in one turn. that's
1: not a fun way to play a video game. Right.
0: Uh, It works surprisingly well, all things considered. But looking back, especially now that I'm playing Octopath Traveler and you have these boost points that you automatically gain, you you get them passively, Uh, that's a much better way to do it. Yeah, it really is. So eventually,
2: obviously, all eight of the stories will tie in together somehow. There'll be some grand, epic adventure story that happens.
3: Maybe. I, I don't actually know that for sure. But... Yeah.
2: <laughs> but what's what's a little bit annoying is that you start off on somebody's story, and then it's like, okay, now you have to go collect all these other characters until you're high enough level to continue your story that you chose that you care about right yes. now. Yes, mm-hmm.
3: yeah. Also, the name is really stupid. <laughs> the name is really stupid. But, but yeah, you're, you're right. Like, you'll you'll pick a character whose story you want to be invested in, and you'll do their chapter one, and then you have to do everyone else's chapter one before you're high enough level to do your character's chapter two. Yes. Right, right. Uh,
0: and also, you uh, you can't swap the character you choose out of your party, I'm assuming, until you beat their story or progress to a certain point I've in the heard. game. They're yeah. just kind of yeah. locked in. And that's kind of frustrating, because I, I started with Ophelia, the cleric, and even though I like her a lot, and she's a very effective character... I'd like to mess around with Alfin, the alchemist, but he's also a healer, and so it feels really redundant to have both of them in the party. Yeah. It's like I'm just missing a big chunk of damage. Yeah. Uh, and so it's frustrating that I can't just, like, put Ophelia to the side for, like, a second yeah. and yeah. try out Alfin and, and see if I would even like him.
3: And Octopath Traveler is a game released in 2018... Where your characters do not level up if they're not in your party. Oh my gosh, they, seriously? Yes, yeah, yeah. If, that's if, awful. Yeah, yes. if, if your character's like chilling at the tavern, mm-hmm. if they're if they're not in your main party, then they do not gain. That's
1: experience. terrible. Yeah,
0: they don't get experience points. They don't gain job points. What are you thinking? There's a lot of respects in which this game is kind of old school in a cool way that's old school in a bad way yes. and it's interesting because there there are also a lot of features of that game that feel very kind of modern like you yeah. can fast travel
3: yeah which uh, <laughs> they weren't very clear about the fact you could fast travel so i didn't realize it until like i was <laughs> i was like take like i was taking like a 10 minute long walk to like from one town to, to to the next, and he's Sean sees me running from every battle because I just want to get from town to town. John's like, "Why why aren't you fast traveling?" <laughs> I'm like, you can you can fast travel, <laughs> yeah. and I yeah, I I opened the world map. I clicked on the house that I clicked on the town that I wanted to go to, and I was there, and that's great. Yeah, uh, the game did not really communicate that to from
1: me. A, from a design standpoint too. That is that that decision seems specifically opposed. To the decision to not allow characters to level yeah, up, it's, right. bizarre, like, right? it's, yeah. it's a convenience thing. If you're making yeah. the game easier for your players to play, why wouldn't you just do all the things to do that? Yeah, I, I don't get it at all.
2: Especially since you can only have four characters at a time, and if you want to level up their, you, have, you want to go through their storylines, which obviously you're going to want to do. You yeah. need to get them to a high enough level so that they're right. not dragging your team down, or yeah. just
0: carry them, which is what I do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah
2: so what, that's probably what I'm going to do. Is like yeah. have my main team high enough level that I can swap, you know, some yeah, level right. seven guy in there to yes. do Level and, 20 that, and, but, doesn't yeah, get
3: and yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly what I've been doing right now. Like my like my main team is like levels thirty to thirty five, and I'm starting to do the the chapter two stories for the characters that I did not level. So I so I put in level six Alfin, and <laughs> and he's supposed to be the party is supposed to be like level twenty uh, for his chapter two story. So I have all my level thirty guys like taking everything for him while. Well, we go through this level 20
0: story, and, and he then, just of course, dies a lot. Right, but at the end of every battle, he gains, like, five levels. Or yeah, whatever. yes. But by, by the end of that chapter, <laughs> he's the correct level.
1: The other thing about this, too, is, like, the game already is in the high double, double digits to triple digits in terms of, time it takes to complete so there was no need to artificially i mean obviously artificially extending the the life of a game is never a good thing to do anyway right but for this game it was completely unnecessary right Mm -hmm. so i just don't understand that decision yeah i mean part part of
3: part of the reason it's that long is because you have to sort of carry your characters and, and account for the fact that they don't level without you yeah
1: weird choice Weird, weird choice. choice,
3: yeah. I'd rather have a 50-hour game that leveled up yeah. all your characters at the same time mm-hmm. than an 80-hour game that will, that does what Octopath Traveler does. Yeah. I still like it a lot. I'm still Me really too. enjoying myself. But, uh, yeah, a couple, a couple things that it's really weird that they did because Bravely Default introduced some really cool conventions to the JRPG genre mm-hmm. that Octopath Traveler doesn't have. <laughs> like, Bravely Default has this random encounter slider where uh, you can adjust how frequently you get into random encounters. If you realize that you're high enough level or you just want to like, you just want to get back to town real quick or whatever, you can slide it down to the bottom and you just won't get random encounters right. for that period of time, and then you can slide it back up when you're ready.
2: This game kind of does the opposite, where if you're trying to travel quickly and you run through a dangerous area, you get more random encounters. Yes. It right.
0: punishes you for trying to move quickly. That was
1: something that was driving me crazy even in the three hours of demo I played.
0: Fortunately, uh, the scholar class has a skill that causes you to get random encounters much less frequently. Yes. So you can either just have Cyrus in your party or you can you can subclass to scholar and then learn that. But you can only have four passive skills equipped at a time, right. Uh, and Scholar gets a lot of
3: really useful skills. You have to pick which useful skill you're not going to have so you can have less random encounters. But like I mean, you can swap that up, swap that out at any
2: time. So yeah. you can just do that as you're traveling to a new area right. that you yeah. want to actually be in and
0: fighting in. Yeah. And then swap it back. Yeah. And th- also... th- there's a
3: solution. It's just just a not super tedious, but a tad tedious. Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Also, you know, um, once you're subclassing, as you learn passive skills, you get to keep the skills you learn even if you then switch to a different subclass. Yeah. Which so, like, mean? if you have a character that, uh, you know, you don't necessarily have a fourth skill that you really want to slot in, you just learn that one. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But again, uh, mitigating design decisions with with character gameplay decisions is never oh, a good sure. thing. It's right. not a,
0: it's not a great solution. I'm just glad there is one. Yeah, yeah.
1: that's fair. I,
3: I I remember like actually the the solution we just discussed, like the yeah random encounters are bad, but you can equip a skill that makes random encounters easier. That kind of reminds me of this game for the Wii, uh, the Sonic game called Sonic and the Secret Rings. <laughs> So, Sonic and the Secret Rings was sort of this on-rails game where, like, uh, Sonic just, like, instantly, like, ran forward, right? And you controlled him by tilting the
0: Wiimote left and right. So, already you can see why this is the worst Sonic game that's ever been released. It's it's not great.
3: It's not (laughs) great.
0: Uh, At the start of the
3: game, (laughs) the Wiimote tilting controls... Are really awful. The sensitivity is not there. You unlock a skill for Sonic that makes the the, the remote tilting more sensitive and better. They <laughs> they so deliberately dumb. made the motion controls of the game worse at the start so you could unlock a skill that made the game control better. Uh, that is so dumb. It, it's it's the silliest game design I've seen in my life. Maybe. Man, that it's game up there. Sucked. Oh, it was it was not. <laughs> It was fucking hilarious. It was real bad. Oh, uh,
2: yeah. We will soon be talking about a game with some not great game
3: design
0: oh, yeah. Yes. So yes, I, we will.
3: I guess before we get there, uh, Sean and
0: Colin, have you guys been playing anything else besides Octopath Traveler? Nope. Yeah, not so much. Um, I mean, I've been still playing Final Fantasy 14, but I talked enough about that during the Game of the Year episode. <laughs> any more of that. Yeah, yeah.
1: All, all anyone needs to know is that you're still, in fact, playing it. I am indeed.
3: Yeah, just like I am always playing Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links, but I don't need to mention it every episode we do. You don't need right. to
1: mention it, period. <laughs> hey, once
3: once I... Max leaves,
2: you'll be able to mention so much
1: more Yu-Gi-Oh! Oh, yeah, that's true. Actually, that's going to be the... I don't want to spoil it, but, you know, it's it's time. The podcast after I leave is just going to be Daniel recommending Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links to various people. Yeah, we're, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're renaming it Play Duel Links. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And well, uh, Barack I, Obama's going to be on there. Yeah, he's our December. first guest, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Big I, I do want to say that uh-huh.
3: I've I've shown a remarkable amount of restraint in not mentioning it every episode, and I deserve tremendous props.
0: C- congratulations,
1: yeah. Daniel. Thank we're you, all Sean. not at all proud
0: of it. <laughs>
3: Uh, I've actually experienced a couple other games these past couple weeks. Mainly I've been watching my girlfriend Amy Lee play through both of these. First I watched her play through The Adventures of Captain Spirit. We finished Life is Strange Before the Storm, and uh, then we hopped right into Captain Spirit. And Captain Spirit's pretty fun. It's pretty cool. Out Out of the three Life is Strange games we've played now, I'd say it's probably the least good. But it's got some really cool stuff about it. It focuses on Captain Spirit... Uh, like, this this 10-year-old kid and sort of his relationship with his dad and how it's complicated. They do a good job giving both of those characters a lot of depth. And apparently it, t- it gives a lot of hints as to what the next... What's a li- what Life is Strange 2 is going to be about. I I don't fucking know what that game's <laughs> going to be about. Um, yeah, yeah, that, a lot that, that strikes that me as one of those right things
1: that, that, like, would be clearer with hindsight. Yes, yes. Because it could be anything from yeah, what you see. Yeah, so.
3: exactly. There's a couple theories I have. And it'd be cool if they were true, but they're probably... I, I'm probably way off. Um, here's my two theories, like, just really short. Sure. Life is range 2 could either be, like, sort of a murder mystery where you're a cop, or a story about kids with superpowers. Uh,
0: <laughs> Those like, are very disparate
3: uh, yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. There's
1: a... The second one would be a little bit of a jump from the universe.
3: I... I, th- I th- uh some things happen in the Adventures of Captain Spirit that made me think that it could still fit that Life is Strange Style. Okay. I'd be into it. But yeah, like it's it's very short, it's an hour and a half long, and I can't really talk much more about it without spoiling the whole thing. But how uh, much
1: is it? Free. Oh, okay. Yeah.
3: You can you can get it just you can get it off PSN or the Xbox Live Store uh, for zero dollars. Uh it's it's basically just yeah, just how cool. many cents? Uh zero cents. Wow. Yeah. It's, That's yeah. a deal. And you
0: just said zero dollars, I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I needed to thing. see the fine print.
1: Yeah. Right,
3: right, Yeah, but it's it's just a cute little demo and uh I'm I'm pretty much the same amount of interested in Life is Strange 2 as I was before I played the game, but it was neat. It was a neat mm-hmm. thing to play. Uh what we did a lot more playing of is Detroit Become Human. We finally
0: played that. I, incidentally, was along for the ride at various times, you know, yeah. be out in the living room and see them playing it. Yeah, Sean Sean watched a lot of it as well. I I was very tentative
3: about that game. I actually just had basically decided to not buy it because I was so tentative. But Amy got it as a birthday present from her friend Kayla, and I, I was with her through the whole playthrough. I influenced some of the decisions, and... David Cage is, uh, not not the best of creators. I think I think that's a pretty, pretty lively, pretty pretty relevant discussion these days. But out of the David Cage things I've seen, Detroit is definitely
1: the best. That's generally what I hear from people yeah. who've played all of his games. Yeah, yeah, like
3: there there are there is some there is some dumb stuff. There is some really heavy handed stuff in there, like. I think we can tell that the androids uh, and their relationship with humans is an allegory for racism and civil rights, without literally having the androids have a compartment in the back of the bus. You know, like I, I think, I think some of this stuff was maybe uh, a a little a over, bit much, yeah, a little over the top and unnecessary. There's the the whole the whole drunk abusive dad thing, cartoonish like. Borderline cartoonish the way it was implemented. But there are characters with really cool, really deep stories, incredibly nuanced characters in there. The character uh, Lieutenant Hank, played by Clancy Brown, like he he does the voice, he did the mocap for it. Uh, That's that's one of the coolest characters I've seen in a video game. He's very nuanced
0: and cool. He's great. His arc is that he's been kind of partnered with a crime-fighting android who solves... Uh, crimes when androids go deviant, meaning that they kind of... They should
1: have just made the whole game about that. No, yeah, it's it's by it, far the best story yeah, arc. Yeah, it's, it's really good.
0: Yeah, Um. but... Uh, so it's this kind of cop who hates androids because of something in his past, you know? Yeah. And then you're the android, and you have to kind of figure out how to work with him and solve these crimes. Yeah. And uh, the relationship between the two characters is just really fun and satisfying and, yeah some uh, yeah some of the best parts of
3: that game also just the Connor gameplay is great because you like you solve these murder
0: mysteries with your android tech uh man so like you can scan a room for evidence and yeah kind of analyze it you know just by touching it yeah uh, really really neat uh stuff in a way it almost feels like because there was a i i played a lot of heavy rain which is a quantic dream game that came out prior to this right and there's a detective in that game too who's kind of sci-fi like he has like vr goggles that kind of do similar stuff <laughs> and uh. in a way connor's storyline connor being the crime fighting android it just kind of felt like that, but like where in heavy rain it was almost kind of like an experimental, like David Cage kind of high in his kitchen going, Oh man, but what if you had goggles you could buy like <laughs> yeah, in, that, that, in that, that, I've 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 met David
3: Cage. He sounds exactly like that.
0: Uh Connor's storyline felt like he'd kind of taken that beta version of those ideas and yeah. turned it into a real thing. Hmm. Uh very, very cool stuff. Yeah,
3: I, I also want to say that there's there's three there's three androids, right? Like Connor was definitely my favorite. Yeah. Um marcus the guy that starts the android revolution and kara the android who like starts as like this caretaker of of this child that's being abused by her father i when i was looking at the trailers and stuff for it i thought that marcus would end up being the weakest story uh but marcus's story is also really cool you basically do a bunch of like android heists right. as marcus which are awesome and he's a really deep really cool character he's neat yeah he
0: starts off with uh... His owner, Carl, is kind of this painter with a very artistic mindset who's trying to teach him, you know, how to appreciate art and culture. And so that awakens in him, you know, this kind of personality the androids don't usually have. Yeah. And so he starts off kind of in a very nuanced place. And uh, it's really interesting to see how he changes as he has to go out and kind of become the leader of this revolution and suddenly encounter these really hard parts of being an other in society that maybe he didn't have to before. Yeah. Because he's kind of a relatively privileged android in the sense that you can be one in that universe, right? Like, he lives in a really nice house. He has a nice owner, you know. Yeah. uh, With a lot of the other androids that you run into, kind of ancillary androids, like you find ones that are abused by their owners and hit and said, oh, you're nothing but a piece of plastic and whatever. Yeah. The world in general, I think, is very interesting. It was very fun to run around oh, yeah. and just kind of see, you know, everything that they uh they kind of threw out there. No,
3: some some really just genuinely cool world building that I was really into. There's uh like when you start the game up, there's sort of this like blonde android who like talks directly to to you, right? Sort of like to, a menu android yeah, yeah, as you're going to, through the... Yeah, to the player. She like helps you like set up your resolution and stuff. And then she's always there when you go to the main menu, and she, like, every time you boot the game up, she, like, says things about where you're at in the game,
0: or she, uh... Like, or, if you let one of the characters die, she'll say, like, I can't believe that you let Kara die. Like, she reacts <laughs> to everything that's going on. Yeah, um,
3: and, uh, and then you, like, you see her model, like, as a character later in the game.
0: Uh, and, I I don't know, the, a lot of lot of cool, fun yeah world stuff. Definitely uh, the most complete video game that Quantic Dream has released, I think. Yeah,
3: uh, the the third character, Kara, her her story is basically where like pretty much all of the problematic David Cage stuff is. So that's probably the weakest. But even her story has a lot of cool stuff and it's so, still kind of um, cool. Plays yeah. with a lot
0: of interesting kind of survival horror sort of genre tropes in fun ways.
3: Yeah, yeah. I, I I actually liked it. Detroit Become Human is a good game. Has some problems, but um.
0: By and large I would recommend it. Yeah.
3: Maybe maybe someday I will recommend it. I think <laughs> I think it's a game I I think it's a game worth talking about in, in more depth. Yes. It's a game um,
1: I remember being excited about when we saw, like, really early access footage yeah, of it. Yeah, right? And that, then, that first Connor trailer was so cool. And yeah. then the more David Cage stuff that kept popping up in, like, <laughs> yeah. demos and trailers. is was like, well, yeah. this yeah. is less exciting than I originally thought. <laughs> yes. Fortunately,
0: and, it is the least cagey David Cage game, <laughs> you know, I think. Uh, yeah. make, make of that the, what you will. Yeah,
3: and, and it's funny, like, some, some of those trailers with that problematic content, if you've seen those trailers... You've seen most of the worst of it already. Yeah. Like, like the the game really undersells like how good the story and the storytelling actually is. Mm-hmm. I was I was pleasantly surprised by it. Uh, but you haven't seen all of the worst of it yet. Also, I
1: will say that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. So that's Detroit Become Human. It is. And uh, those are the games that we've been playing. So as we mentioned, we've all been playing Marvel Ultimate Alliance for this episode of the podcast. I guess technically the three of us recommended it to Sean. (laughs) (laughs) So going back a little bit, giving a little bit of the backstory on this game and why we played it. Yeah. Um, As Daniel mentioned, I believe in the last episode, uh, Daniel, Colin, and I played this game first in like that high school, early college age. Yeah. Uh, We kind of... Rented it from Blockbuster yeah. and binged it over a weekend at Colin's house, like playing all through the morning and all through the night. Yeah, yeah. But we still didn't beat the whole game.
2: No we, no, we got a little less far than we got this time. Right. Yeah.
1: And we played it with a, with a fourth friend of ours from high school named John Stevens. And yeah. uh, one of the reasons we wanted to revisit this game was because we had never beaten it. We got pretty far and we were you know nostalgic for the experience that we had
4: yeah and the other reason
1: experience. is that we're friends with sean yeah. and we're friends with sean then but we're better mm-hmm. friends with sean now at least some of us Yeah, and uh, we've been talking about this game for the last 10 years of our acquaintanceship yeah. since i moved to <laughs> chicago at
0: least once a year someone has been like oh you got to play marvel ultimate alliance there was actually one day when we were contemplating the idea of using amazon same day delivery to order <laughs> enough controllers <laughs> that's no, right it wasn't it wasn't amazon
1: same delivery is something more ridiculous Oh it no, was, um,
2: it, it was amazon no, no it was yeah. amazon now it was specifically Absolutely. like yeah, they had yeah. a
1: courier go to a store right. buy something it's gonna be like a 40 dollars you know. or something yeah, yeah. yeah. plus uh, find the game I- i'm glad we didn't end up doing that mm, right. but i am glad that we finally got to play the game together me too yeah. yeah
0: i'm glad to have finally had this experience that you guys have wanted to have for a very long time <laughs> and
1: I'll, you know, I'll say um that this is it, it's it's as is the case when you hype up anything that's that's based in nostalgia, and you try to force that on someone who was not there for nostalgia, it of course is not going to be expected that the, situ- that the experience you had originally will be faithfully replicated. But I do think, and we'll talk about this more, I do think that Marvel Ultimate Alliance offers something that very few games these days offer at all. Mm-hmm. And that is a communal experience for four friends playing a game in the same room yeah. that isn't a sports game or a shooter. And or I think a that is or a competitive game, I should say, or a competitive like a game, right? Thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think that's that's worth diving into more as we kind of open up the conversation. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of the backstory of why we decided to play this game. Right, uh, was to bring Sean into that nostalgic fold and to relive <laughs> that, some of that for ourselves. Yeah.
2: Specifically, we wanted to relive the Human Torches tagline: <laughs>
1: "Bweem, turkey's done,"
3: <laughs> which. Max said at the end of our last episode with no context. Yeah.
1: Nothing wrong with that. Context is overrated. (laughs) You know what isn't overrated? A turkey being done. (laughs) Also, I feel like you're not giving a very faithful reenactment of how he delivers that line. Well, I
2: I think part of why I'm doing that is that my memory of that line was so much higher yeah. than I know, <laughs> yeah, <right>? yeah, like,
3: <laughs> like same. Like I remember, like just so clearly in my head, like us playing that like ten years ago. And whenever like Human Torch would kill an enemy, like boim, Turkey's
1: done. Yeah, like we had all internalized yeah. into some like sassy <laughs> retort. Yeah, <Right? laughs> yeah. And it, when it actually happened, I mean, he's like boim. Turkey's done. <laughs> <laughs> that's so good. Yeah, it was just not quite the same as we yeah. built it up, yeah. which is really a great metaphor for. playing a
3: game. <laughs>
0: Yeah. True. Yep. Really, this game, uh, we we were saying earlier as we were playing it that the theory is that kind of the character that's player one winds up saying the most lines. That's my right. theory. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, Daniel is playing as <laughs> Nightcrawler, who just it seems like every other minute would attack and kill an enemy and then go sometimes i enjoy this too much <laughs> now that was a great that delivery. was a great delivery <laughs> yeah i think
1: that's one of the things i love about nightcrawler's character is that like this is a somewhat ridiculous game that is taken mostly seriously right yeah. and, the, and the voice actor who's doing nightcrawler does such an over-the-top yes. german <laughs> performance like <Yes>. it doesn't <laughs> sound german at all no, it sounds no. like some like fake version of nightcrawler german yeah but he's yeah. like so into it and he mm-hmm. gives this like really shakespearean performance yes, yes. It's beautiful. Like, the pause that Sean built into that delivery is not inaccurate. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Oh, it's real good.
1: So, uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance is a game that came out uh, a while ago now. It came out as a launch title for the Xbox 360. Uh, Or a near-launch title.
3: Yeah, uh, it actually came out in 2006. Uh, So, an
1: early game for the Xbox 360. It is published and developed also by Activision?
3: Uh, Published by Activision... I want to say developed by Vicarious Visions, okay, uh, who made the X Men Legends games, Mm -hmm. right? uh, For uh, a
1: lot of a lot of similarity there, yeah,
3: for Game and stuff.
1: And as Daniel mentioned uh, earlier in this podcast, Activision is letting the license on the game go, so you'll no longer be able to buy it digitally (laughs) uh, anymore uh but it's it's um yeah, it's a game that is set in the Marvel universe mm-hmm. uh and it tells a story uh about all of the villains coming together and you're playing as a group of heroes who have to to defy- fight defeat them yeah as Evil. You know, it's a of the comic evil. book game. <laughs> Doctor Which, Doom basically gets all of the villains, like right. yeah. all of them, including the ones that no one's ever heard of, <laughs> yeah. And somehow manages to put them on a team, yeah. And so then you uh, are scrambling as the heroes to try to defeat their master plan. Right. Marvel
2: loved the super team of villains. In I mean, era. DC too. Yeah, yes, that's yeah, true. No, that, that was it's, a, a, yeah. it's. I mean,
1: anytime that there was an event comic book, it was generally that kind of idea. Yeah, and yeah. this, the, I think, one of the ideas behind this game is turning an event comic book into a video game.
3: Yeah. Or like making a video game that could be an event comic book. And like
1: I that. think one of the strongs one of the strengths of this game, and it's a relative strength because it's a weakness for comic books, mm. is that the story that it's telling is actually not that ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> like it's actually a pretty well held together, like villainous plot. Yeah. Um, that, you know, sends you off on all, all these various different missions to all of these kind yeah. of different worlds within the Marvel Universe. Right, and right. it's actually better than a lot of the stories in the actual comic book events.
3: <laughs> that's true. I mean, yeah, because the story the is pretty basic. It's pretty... It's obviously just there as an excuse to put you in all these different Marvel settings. Right. Um, and really, that's all it needs to be for this game. I think
1: it hangs, better, it hangs together better than something like Crisis on Infinite Earths.
3: <laughs> yeah. I mean... I think you would say that about any DC event book. You're not really a DC guy.
1: I like DC. I, I just, I don't think they do events quite as well as Marvel. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. They, Identity Crisis was, yes. was, was really good. Identity Crisis
1: is like a piece of art that stands out on its own. Yeah. Um, even if I,
3: uh, even if Identity Crisis kind of does the, like, murders a bunch of heroes to be edgy thing. That yeah. It kind of started that. Right. But at the time it was revolutionary. Right.
1: Uh, well, yeah. yeah, with hindsight, it's a completely different read yeah. than when you read it in its moment. It's kind of like Watchmen in that way. We're like, yeah. now if you read Watchmen, it's like, this is what everyone's talking about. <laughs> yeah. but if you read oh, Watchmen man. in its context, yeah. it was mind-blowing. Right. right.
3: Yeah. I was someone who read Watchmen after the fact. Yeah. Very, feels very overrated.
0: What's funny
1: is that I experienced...
0: I, first of all, I watched the movie and then read the oh, comics. Oh, Second wow. of all, I read that like right after the movie came out. Uh-huh. I still really liked it. Okay. Yeah, I
1: agree. I think it's a great book, yeah. regardless of the context you read it in. But I do understand sure, when people, people read it who, now, yeah. they're like, "What? Well, I don't get it. That's yeah. fair.
0: I think with respect to Ultimate Alliance in particular, the weaknesses of the story for me were uh, sort of the the really stiff Golden Age kind of dialogue. Right. Yeah, yeah, was yeah. not totally. great. Um, and then also you'd get, you know, these kind of mo-capped cut scenes where the villains are hanging around. <laughs> yeah. And it's just very, like... When you're watching Power Rangers and the villains really have to emote, because yeah, they're in these yeah, big suits. oh, oh, that's good. You know, yeah, that's yeah. Good. it was definitely kind of like Loki like flailing his arms around and skipping Although around. I'm, like, I'm yeah, going they... to
3: kill Thor,
0: and that now, was kind of amazing. Yeah,
1: bro. it actually
3: was. Like we we used the word Shakespearean earlier. And really, we should have saved that word for whoever performed <laughs> yes. Loki's lives.
0: Oh, it was so good. Like, because it was so bad. And then it pans over to Doom, and he's almost doing the same thing. <laughs> Which it's is like, very no Loki, you can't... Blah, I don't know, whatever he was saying. I think that is one of the
1: fun yeah. things about playing this game, though, yeah. now, is that, like... This is a, a a snapshot into a very different time in Marvel's history. Oh yeah, and yeah. the characters are so different than they are now, yeah. like to the point where I think Daniel, you pointed out that this is probably the last time we had a white Nick Fury. Yes, right. um, yeah. it was a completely different reading of that character. Yeah. yeah, and also like the Loki then is very different from the Tom Hiddleston Loki yeah. we have yeah. now.
3: No, the game is super campy. Right, bunch of camp in that game. But that's how like Marvel was in 2006, and mm-hmm. I, and this yes. was this was great for yeah. that.
1: Yeah, I think you can look at, like, Civil War as, like, the event comic that happened that kind of changed the arc of Marvel's tone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you can kind of see the MCU as, like, building yeah. on that. Yeah. But which before is... that, it was still very, as you say, very Golden Asian and campy.
3: Yeah, it, which is funny because, sidebar, uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 2 ends up using the Civil War arc as a basis. <laughs> right, That's Yeah, right. Um Which we did not play. No. But it's worse. i have played it It
1: it's worse so in marvel ultimate alliance there is a roster of heroes available to you to play as
0: um it's a fairly robust roster all things considered there's a lot of uh different characters you can choose to play as which is neat and they're not just like reskins of each other or anything like their powers are distinct and there are some characters like um uh, Ms. Marvel and the Invisible Woman, their primary attack is the same thing, but it's there related. Are, there, there
1: are attacks that are borrowed across heroes, but no yeah. hero is just a reskin yeah. of right. another right. hero. That is very true.
0: Yeah, like some
3: there, there's definitely some reuse assets like I noticed at one point that uh, Iron Man's flying animation is exactly the same as Human Torch's flying animation. But you can't tell immediately because Human Torch is on fire. He has that fire trail. Oh, yeah. I think there was one point
2: where we had two characters in the air at the same time like doing some attacks and they were identical (laughs) animations.
0: Yes, that's right. That's right. But in terms of actual gameplay, the characters do manage to feel pretty distinct from one another. They do.
1: And the roster is fairly robust. So you start with a roster of, like I want to say, maybe 50. 10 to 12 heroes yeah. and then there's dlc on top of that that now if you've never bought the game before and you don't buy the gold version you can't get them yeah. uh, but we had a version that had all the dlc so we started off with maybe 20 18 heroes to choose right. from yeah and then you unlock other heroes as the game goes on yeah um sometimes you unlock them from story like, you get Doctor Strange through just progressing the story. Yeah. And then sometimes you unlock them from finding things in the world. Uh, Daredevil, Black Panther yeah. are both characters you unlock by finding their action figures <laughs> yeah. out in the world. And then when you get enough of them, you've unlocked the character. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is pretty cool. It's it's nice yeah. to play a game that has that kind of idea of, like, collectability. Mm-hmm, I think yeah. the one kind of downside with that is uh, when you get the heroes... They're leveling up is locked as auto locked. Yeah. So the game has auto leveled them up for you, yes. and then you don't have control over uh, what powers you give them. But yeah, you can kind of remove powers and reallocate yeah. them to yeah. some extent.
3: Yeah, yeah. To to an extent.
1: To yeah. an extent. Yeah.
2: And the the depth of choosing which powers you invest those points in is the strong suit of the game oh yeah like deciding the build of your character like oh i want to build my character around you know like with uh i played the human torch you could build that around popping uh, enemies up and then using different abilities to keep them in the air yeah that was
1: a -hmm. lot of fun yeah. So I think we should back up just a moment to say what kind of game Marvel Ultimate Alliance is, Right. Uh, which is to say that it is a gauntlet style game. Right. Uh, so you and you could play this solo. I don't know why on earth anyone would. It would yeah. be a terrible experience, <laughs> uh, but you can play with up to four friends and Under three friends. Yes, that's how math works. You can play with up to four people, yes. three of them being your friends. Or, like, <laughs> one, mean, you? one of them but, being you. Aren't you a friend? Yeah, thank you, Colin. Screw it, Daniel. Four, you can be your own friend. You can have four <laughs> friends if you're including yourself as a friend. <laughs> <laughs> so you my, play with up to bad. four people, and you um you have these levels that you progress through, and these mobs of enemies that you defeat kind of like in a gauntlet or brawler style. And then at the end of the level, you have a big bat, you've got a beat, and then you do that and you go to another world and you rinse and repeat.
4: Yeah. And
1: along the way, you've got some RPG elements. You unlock powers of the various characters as you progress. And like we said, you get to kind of customize that. Yeah. Um, Each hero has, I want to say eight different powers that they can choose from. So it's between eight and yeah. 10, yeah. it feels eight, substantial. Eight, whatever yeah. the
0: number is, it does feel
1: substantial. And you like, you start off with just a few and you kind of just use those. And then yeah. as the game progresses, you get more powerful powers yeah. that you can then map to the, to the, uh, to the controller. You can use four powers at any one time. Yeah. One of those is always your, uh, ultimate attack it's called something else extreme extreme but with yes. no e at the start it's yeah. just x right, yeah. it was 2006 right, right uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's sponsored by doritos <laughs> <laughs> uh so yeah you you get to choose what three powers you want to have in your loadout at any one time yeah right. and these can have a multitude of effects some are mm-hmm. party buffs some are self buffs some are uh, uh attacks that have debuffs on the enemy uh some are just constant barrages of damage yeah all kinds of different attacks out in the
3: world yeah some some have very unique effects to them uh
1: some have game-breaking effects
3: yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah what one thing i think this game does really well or at least in regards to some characters is like the escalation of powers uh that you unlock as you level up yeah like you know like the, the game felt fairly simple like in the first few hours that we played right mm-hmm. like pretty pretty standard like we all had like an aura that buffed us, and we all had, we all had a damaging attack. But as uh, as we started hitting like the teens, as we started hitting like you know like levels like sixteen and seventeen and eighteen, like our characters all started feeling really different from each other for yeah. starters, and like they all could just like wreck house in different <laughs> really cool ways. Right. My my character was was Nightcrawler, and. Uh, At one point, like, he unlocks, uh, like, an aura, basically, where he, like, pulls out his swords and does more damage with the swords. But then, right after that, he unlocks a special attack where he uses his blades to spin around in a circle uh, that I can control the movement of for as long as I hold the button down and as long as I have the energy to spend. Like, I pull out his swords and I spin around in the sword circle of death for, like, a minute straight as I just advance (laughs) towards the enemy. I was... Like, like this. This is a game that is basically built for like you to take down the enemies as a team. I was s- essentially soloing some bosses with that combo of of Nightcrawler's moves, like near, like at the midpoint of the game. And maybe that was a little unbalanced, but it felt really good.
1: Well, I think that that speaks to something else that, Colin, you were getting at, too, which is that, like, not only is each character distinct from the other, but there are multiple ways to play each character. Yes. yes. Because yes. you could you made a, a melee-focused Nightcrawler build. Yes. There's also a Nightcrawler build where you could have focused on, like, bamfing around. Yeah, on teleporting and surprising, and stuff. teleporting and sneaking around yeah. and surprising enemies. So, like... You had control over how you best wanted to play the game. Yeah,
3: and I think that's really cool. Oh, for sure. Um,
0: Like, I, for instance, was playing as Wonder... Wonder Woman, Jesus Christ. Not Wonder Woman. I, for instance, was playing as Spider Woman Mm. for most of the game. You can, if you want to, build her as this sort of character that's, like, poisoning all of her enemies and just shooting out venom bolts and stuff. I wound up building her as kind of a support character that focused on healing and stunning Um, And I really enjoyed the fact that, you know, within that one character, you had this kind of interesting diversity of play styles that you could choose from. Yeah, Uh, Really neat. Uh, The way that you could build your characters, I I really enjoyed that.
3: Yeah. One thing that surprised me is that there were some wacky character movesets you could make in this game. Uh, Max, your main was (laughs) Doctor Strange after a certain point. (laughs) Yeah, once you
1: unlocked Doctor Strange, I started using him. And his powers early on are, are pretty basic. Like, he's got... Um, a magic missile that you can just spam really quickly and it does very little damage, but you can just kind of stand there as like, like almost like you're holding a magic gatling gun yeah. and just like pivot around and throw it at people. Right. And he's got another attack that does fire in a small radius and it heals him if you hit enemies. Right. But then as you start to level him up, his powers get more and more ridiculous. Like yes. <laughs> you unlock a teleport that not just teleports you, but if, um, a, if a player is standing in front of you, you teleport them to... <laughs> yeah. <just>, like, the <laughs> always it's, disorienting. Right, the way yeah. that
0: it's structured and the precision that you have to use in like teleporting with a player, it's the kind of power that in the heat of the moment you will never use your purpose. No, yeah. because like, it's,
1: you can't control where you teleport to. Right? Yeah. You have to be lined up in such perfect array for it to even work to begin with. Yeah, if,
2: I think it's for if you're playing as Doctor Strange and one of the NPCs gets in your way. <laughs> because that's yeah. a real problem
1: with yeah. this game. Oh, yes. Yeah. That's the true. game does not have good collision detection no. or it does not know how to mitigate. Or yeah, yeah, the collision
0: detection is too good. Too good, right? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> too
1: good. Uh, yeah, no that's a really good point. That's probably part of it. Uh, and, and also the other thing about the the teleport is that like there aren't enough obstacles in the game that you ever really need to teleport. And the camera, right. the camera's too zoomed in. Right. The, yeah. Your teleport takes you so far that like you're just at the other end of the camera, essentially. It's, it's a power that doesn't really have any purpose. Right. Other than to like, I think that the, that power is kind of like playing through, um, Little Big Planet and how <laughs> there, are cur- there are certain kinds of people when they play Little Big Planet, all they want to do is like do that thing where you grab onto the person you're playing with and drag right. them around. And like <laughs> they just do that for hours. Uh, so I think there's a certain kind of player who would like being Doctor Strange and just like, being a dick and teleporting yeah, people yeah. like I did that for like three seconds and I was like, all right, that's enough.
3: That. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny for those three seconds and then after amazing.
1: the teleport you also get uh, the ability to uh, levitate enemies yeah which is great because then you can just pick them up and drop them off the map and insta kill them oh
3: it was great and it's yeah. quite
0: enjoyable it yeah. took me a second to get used to because I'd, I'd like go I'm like about to attack an enemy and then it just floats away yeah. from me yeah. so like, you
3: know, What the fuck happened? once once Max got doctor strange all of our combos <laughs> were just ruined because we'd be like doing combos and you'd like you'd like yeah he'd like lift them up like while we we're mid combo throw them off the map
1: or, well, don't spoil it. I'm <laughs> so building it's... up to that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Go, go on. So the major thesis about this is that Doctor Strange is really just a character that exists to fuck with your friends because <laughs> you can teleport them around the map if they're yeah. not paying attention. You can also put, pick enemies up that they're fighting and move them around and kind of like just like, you know, like a claw machine, like kind of jiggle them around in front of them.
4: Yeah. yeah.
1: And then he also gets a power, which, as you progress, gets a higher and higher chance to turn enemies into crates. <laughs> Which insta-kills them. Which insta-kills them. And it also works on mini-bosses. It doesn't <laughs> yeah. work on, like, big bads. It doesn't right. work on, like, Loki, say. Right. But on, like, the Frost Giants, right. it'll yeah, just exactly. completely just turn them into a box on a 30% chance. You're yeah. like, so like you're like, like, we're all running
0: over. Yeah. Like, like a Daniel is spinning, like, a top as he advances on the Frost Giant. I'm, like, buffing everybody and running in. And then it's a crate. <laughs> yeah.
1: But, like, the, the thing is, like, you're not... I wasn't trying to fuck with oh, you guys. No, we, like, these right, are yeah. just Dr. Strange's most effective attacks. <laughs> yeah. Like, he, he's not... Like, you don't want to be in melee combat because I don't think he has high strike or high body. Yeah, yeah. And his um missile attack does very little damage unless you probably spec into it solely. Right. So, and, like, the the crate thing also does a crap ton of damage even if it doesn't turn them into crates. So, like, that's my most effective yeah, move. No, I'm was, not trying to, like, fuck with you no, guys. But that's just... He's just a troll character.
3: Yeah, it was absurdly effective. And... When they did turn into crates, you could bust the crates open and get, like, energy and health and coins and stuff. Right. It was a very so, strong
1: move. Yeah. Man. There, oh, there was a very satisfying thing of, like, turning an enemy into a crate on the first attempt. Yes. And every time it happened, every single time... Daniel would just cackle like every time without fail because he rushed over to attack an enemy and then it turned into a crate and somehow he never got to the point of expecting it I don't know how but every time it, it took you by surprise
3: yeah well I mean you know it's it's never a guarantee that an enemy will turn into a crate so. yeah just one in three so yeah often
1: often yeah. there was a string on the last uh, map we played there was a string where three enemies in a row got turned into a crate yeah. and I think you guys had just stopped attacking at that point yeah. <laughs> like, just to see if it would keep going uh, yeah Oh, man. It's just a satisfying animation, too. Like, they just, like, spring into this crate. Oh, yeah. It's pretty great.
3: Yeah, the one who was sort of wrecking shop early in our playthrough
1: oh, my God. was
2: Colin. Colin was yes. killing
1: enemies, like, before we could even, like, run up to them.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, what it didn't help that the primary attack I was using, which was, like, a, a flamethrower-type attack... Blocked a good chunk of the screen, so nobody could tell what they were doing That's anyway.
3: very yeah. True. yeah yeah, yeah, and flamethrower yeah. took up a
1: lot of space,
3: yeah, some sometimes there was not a lot of visual uh clarity. the game can game. get cramped, yes, uh-huh. he would just like destroy enemies with human torches flamethrower with us, like not even being able to have input on that to the point that like. For like a good like five hours of the game, Colin was like five <laughs> levels ahead of all of us. That's true. Yeah,
1: he was getting so many levels,
3: <laughs> and then and then I got uh, I got Nightcrawler's sword stuff and started catching up, and then we all got like cool stuff
0: like that.
1: Yeah. So the characters are really one of the strong suits of the game. Oh yeah. Um, so I also want to talk about. Who our backups were because I mean so much of the meat of this conversation is talking about playing as the Marvel heroes themselves. Yeah, yeah. And one of the really really cool things about the game is you get to make your own Avengers team essentially. Yes. And (laughs) when you play in the configuration of your Avengers team, your team gets reputation. Yeah. And then you can spend that reputation on adding more characters to your roster and also um, getting
3: bonuses, or
1: also building up bonuses. Like you can, as a team, gain more experience, or have more energy, or do more damage. Um, our team name, Sean. I can tell you. Really so yeah. To say so that. I was
0: gonna say. So so team sixty nine played this sixty nine. Very quickly became a versatile team that <laughs> specialized in many areas.
4: Uh, <laughs> it had great teamwork. Great yes. teamwork. Yeah. Well, you need
0: to in a sixty.
3: <laughs> Max and I are in our thirties, everybody. <laughs>
0: You're never too old. <laughs> a 69. 69. Until maybe you're 69 at that point. Kind of you <laughs> that's that, that, that's you, no, you, you turned 70. And that's what that Beatles 90. song is
1: about. Will you still need me? Will you still please when me when I'm 69? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, my main when I started the game was Captain America because for the first, for the tutorial mission, you're forced to play as a pretty traditional Avengers team, at least what the Avengers were at that time. Yeah, which is Captain America, uh, Iron Man. Wolverine and, and Spider-Man. Th- uh, no, no. Thor. Uh, Thor. Yeah.
3: yeah. Uh, Captain America, Thor, Spider-Man, and Wolverine and Wolverine. Uh, I and think. and yeah. Wolverine, yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah. Something like
3: that. I- Iron Man was like one of the first characters you could play as once you play more characters. Right.
1: So I kept with Captain America for a little bit after that because he had a really fun, like, shield throw that would just, like, yeah. have a mind of its own and just ramble <laughs> around the map and do whatever it wanted. Yeah. Which is kind of fun to watch. Mm-hmm. And then once we unlocked Doctor Strange, I played as him because Captain America, Doctor Strange was the Team I played with when we first played back in Colin's house way back when, and right. I was really digging for that nostalgia. And then from there, I also like kind of spun off into Colossus, yeah. Because Captain America ultimately actually wasn't as fun to play as I remembered, right? And Colossus, his powers were fine; his powers were whatever, but he has this one thing that makes him extraordinarily unique, as far as I know. Maybe other heroes do this, but I don't know. Uh, which is, in addition to the powers we're talking about, you also have a standard attack, a heavy attack. You can jump. Some characters can fly. And then all characters can grapple. And basically when you grapple, you can either punch your enemy or you can throw them or you can steal a weapon from them. Yeah. But if you're Colossus, when you grapple them, you just carry them around and use them as a weapon for like an indeterminate (laughs) amount of time. You can't use any of your powers when you're in that mode at all. All you can do is bash opponents with other opponents. And it's very satisfying. (laughs) Yeah,
3: Yeah, that was really funny. A lot of fun to watch.
1: Colin, who else did you play as?
3: I think I mostly just played as the Human Torch. You you had yeah. a, you had one you had a couple.
2: of... You
1: played with Blade for like a minute. Yeah,
2: Blade for like a minute, which I, was not very much fun. Yeah. You kind of just
1: fell hard for Human Torch. Quickly. I did.
2: Yeah, he's yeah. his. Well, for a while he was just kicking all kinds of butt. Yeah, so yeah. that was a good reason to stick with him. But uh, he was also just a lot of fun. His powers were fun and varied, and he yeah. let you do different things. Yeah, he
3: had fun dialogue. I too mainly just had Nightcrawler and and stuck to him like glue because he was so fun. But I, I played a little bit of Mr. Fantastic
1: mostly because when he appears on the screen, it's this like horrific <laughs> like rubber band thing that he does with his body, yeah. and it's like slow motion rubber banding, and it's yeah. really creepy. There,
3: yeah, there's there's also like a weirdly uh, yeah w- uh, in in between um whenever you go into the character uh, select screen, you you'll see a splash screen while the game loads. Really, whenever the game loads, you'll see a splash screen, and usually there'll be of specific characters. One, there's one for each character that's playable, and Mister Fantastics just has him like has him like you know like stretching along the screen like with like a uh, like a pen and paper in his hands, and then but he's not looking at the pen and paper; he's just looking at the player with like this really weird, <laughs> sexy look. We
1: actually <laughs> took a screen capture of it, so we'll we'll tweet it out.
3: Yeah, but I I played him for a hot minute. He had some cool like stretching moves he he was like a neat little mid-range character but i, I was just kind of married to nightcrawler at that point
1: sean i think aside from me you're the person who interchanged the most with your character uh, oh yeah def, def. Uh, probably i think i was i was a primary
0: spider woman player because once you unlock she has a healing aura where you activate yeah. it and just it raises the hp of everyone around you not only is that extremely useful because you know you take damage in the game and you aren't always able to heal on demand yeah also i'm pretty sure the game is not super clear about when and how you gain experience points, (laughs) but I'm pretty sure that I was gaining XP every time I healed people, because that was the point when I started catching up in and exceeding people in levels, was when I just had that active all the time. Uh, So I liked her a lot, Uh, she also has a lot of kind of crowd control stuff that's really neat. My alt, who I would swap in for probably like every other mission, was Ms. Marvel, (laughs) um, who has a lot of really interesting moves that other characters don't have. She has this move where she can kind of summon orbs that surround her and then just shoot out and attack whatever enemies come into range, which uh, we're going to get really deeply into the discussion of how buggy this game is later, but just as a little teaser, if you had the orbs active and then got into a cutscene where a boss was talking to you, you'd just see them go like chew chew and like hitting the boss <laughs> yeah. in the cutscene yeah um so she had that uh she has kind of all these interesting auras that she can give herself and a lot of kind of melee focused stuff yeah my favorite ability of hers. Would slow down time for everyone but your team, so you see you' right yeah. <laughs> uh, you like see a big kind of boss character coming towards you, you activate that ability, and the boss suddenly moves really slowly and it's easy to dodge around and deal lots of damage to it in a short time. Unfortunately, <laughs> in a particular area, mephisto's realm, mm-hmm. uh, we encountered a bug where I would activate that ability, and it would work as normal, but then the Human Torch, Colin, would still be super slow. <laughs> Unless well, uh, it was active. Yeah. yeah like, so, like, it, when we would, everyone would be moving at normal speed, right. the game would be going at normal speed, and I'd be slogging around
2: <laughs> yeah. behind them. But
0: when I would reactivate the ability, he would go normal speed again, but all the enemies were also going normal speed. <laughs> <laughs> so it got to, So somehow there was this bug where unless i constantly activated that buff <laughs> colin was slow which was
1: then compounded by the fact that activating that buff cost energy right. yeah. every now and then you fight enemies who drain your energy yes. yeah. and i believe those enemies were also bugged in that world where sometimes you wouldn't get your energy back after right. like yes. a yeah the, the oh, draining oh, aura man. would just stick around <laughs>
0: yeah
1: oh. uh, man uh, marvel ultimate alliance is a game that was definitely play tested but I think the only place I is, like, the first two hours of I mean. it. Right. yeah. And then after that, we're like, nah, eh, whatever, it works. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> Ship the, it.
3: No, Yeah, the, the game is very... It feels very tight, it feels very solid for, like, the, the first, like, five hours. Like, the first, yeah. like... Yeah, the first major arc. Yeah, yeah, the first major arc. And then, uh... And then you get into, like, the second, like, half of the game. It just becomes a buggy mess. There were points in M- Mephisto's Realm was where it started, where we'd be playing, and then Sean and I realized that our... Auras were not activating properly. The, right. Like, we, we could tur- we could press the button and spend the energy to use them, but then the auras wouldn't work. Yeah, right? like, your little uh, animation would play, and there would be a little pop where your auras uh-huh. would appear, except they wouldn't appear. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, and, and we looked up, like, to see if any other people were having this problem, and a lot of people were, and their solution was to turn the game off and turn it back on again. So we did that about... We did that like six times just to be the no, fist We did it like realm. twice,
1: two times. It was a more minimum than of three. Twice. A minimum
3: of yeah. three. Yeah, minimum um, of three times.
0: It was definitely. It was definitely more than two. Uh, and this was. Uh, I should say that today we played for a couple of hours and had a bug-free, relatively bug-free experience. Yeah. Like, um, like a couple of one-off bugs here yeah. and there, but but, nothing yeah, but easily that corrected game, and nothing yeah. that we had to start over for. Yeah. The last time that we played, which was over like a, probably a six-hour span. Yeah. I mean, it was just bug city yeah. the entire yeah. Yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. Really I mean, really awful. That, though, whatever it was, it was impressive.
1: whatever it was about the coding in Mephisto's world, really just. Yeah. Many heroes did not like, interact with in that world. Oh yeah, world. there were these yeah. these
2: enemies that would latch onto your back, and you're supposed to be able to shake <laughs> Rav, them off. God, Rav, yeah. You couldn't, right? You couldn't <laughs> shake them off. Yeah, so you just had dudes on your back, and, and then, then you, cutscenes yeah. would play. You would be like trying to shake them off in the yeah. middle of a cutscene. Like
0: even if you somehow shook them off, your character would just keep doing the animation as yeah! if they were on their back. Yeah, uh- <laughs> and
1: then there was actually a plot specific. Uh, part of the game that we couldn't progress yes right? because we we couldn't get the monkeys to uh, the monkey creatures the to interact things, yeah. in the way that we needed them to yeah, yeah. so we actually had to reset the yeah, game was to progress the plot yeah it
3: was literally a game-breaking bug yeah and and Mephistos Rum was like the worst of it yes yeah but like but that that play session like also had other like we we started really noticing the Ms. Marvel speed bug mm-hmm. uh when we were in Asgard right uh, Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, i realized just now that we never really like had like a spoiler gate for this episode i it's probably worth mentioning that uh this game doesn't really need one no. i guess i guess if you want the i guess if you want the areas you visit to be surprises um then it's too late but yeah. also
1: it's like a greatest hits of marvel worlds yeah so like
3: right. like <laughs> i i don't know if it's really a surprise that asgard is going to be
1: in this game you know mm-hmm. right we already mentioned loki's a villain
3: yeah like this like this game's story does not have any like Really, like ground-shaking twists or anything. Nor like does it
1: have any relevance to other Marvel properties. Yeah, like the story in this game didn't affect Marvel comics or Marvel right, cartoons or right. Marvel movies. Yeah, in any discernible
3: or way. Or Marvel Ultimate Alliance Two. Yeah. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah,
3: I'm. Yeah, I'm. I'm generally a, a pretty, a pretty spoiler-averse dude. But this, this is one of those games where that doesn't really matter even for me. So, uh, yeah. so that's, yeah. That's a good caveat to, yeah. to so, include. So we, even, yeah, even though we, we didn't give you that spoiler warning. Sorry about that, but it, it's basically, it's, this is the first time it's essentially unnecessary. Yeah. Right. yeah.
1: Well, this an undertone. Uh, <laughs> <forget>. <laughs> going back to the discussion of characters, because I think that is really, like I said, one of the strengths of the game. Yes. One thing I yeah. enjoyed in the game design is that when you lose all your health, you cannot use that character again for a certain amount of of real world time. Mm -hmm. The way that's implemented is not always super great because like the time doesn't tick down if you're doing things in the character select screen, which doesn't really make any sense. Right. Like the idea there is they want you playing the game with other characters. And I actually like that design idea. I don't think it's always well implemented, but I like that in a game that has as robust and large of a roster as this, that they try to get you to shake up your your yes. your playstyle a little bit and mm. get you out of your boxes a little bit. I think I, I appreciate that design yes, decision. Yeah. yeah. So every time we would die, we'd have to like go back and figure out who we wanted to try yeah. out next, which I think adds for me adds an element of of decision making and like choice yeah. that is interesting. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, and uh, in on paper, I think that's especially like a good choice and pretty true. However, in practice, a lot of the time. Especially when Colin or I would die, and we'd lose our mains, like, you'd get back to base, and Colin and I would be like, okay, the timer's five minutes, let's leave it on the screen and take a five minute break, because I don't (laughs) want to be anyone else, and, uh... And, and, you know, you know yeah.
2: sometimes you got to go to the bathroom. Yeah, right, and we right. got to go to the bathroom anyway, so just leave it. And
3: and Max would, would be a bit grumpy about that because he, he really likes the, the opportunity to play as many characters as we can. Well, but, and also
1: waiting five minutes for someone to, like, you know, play as a character again is not inherently a fun thing to Oh,
3: do. no, it definitely isn't. Yeah, like, like, in that aspect, I don't know if that, that bit of game design was fully thought
1: through. No, it's yeah. a good idea, but it's not well implemented. Yes, no.
3: agreed with that, yeah. The only
2: thing that makes that forgivable at all is that the characters are not using gain levels.
1: If they didn't yes. gain experience when you weren't using yes. them, that would be <laughs> <Yeah>. the <laughs> they, worst they game They do design not choice. pull an Octopath Traveler. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, it, uh, the, like, like we were talking about earlier, the frustrating thing is you have to go through and turn off auto-leveling for everybody. Right. Yeah. But, um, but, right, you, once you pull out a character, you get to level them up, essentially, and they're not necessarily the same level as your main. They're going to yeah. be a little bit lower, yeah, they, but they're they, high they, enough that you can fight in the world you're in. Right.
3: Yes, yeah, exactly. Uh, they, they do gain experience If your party's, like, level 27, you can still pull out a level 20 character that you've never used before. Right.
1: Yeah. So Marvel Ultimate Alliance also has a surprising amount of depth, I think, in other aspects of characters, Mm -hmm. which is that you're not just leveling up your powers and you're not just leveling up your team, like we talked about uh, 69, play the 69. (laughs) As you defeat more enemies, you also unlock different um, uniforms, different uh, outfits, and then those each have their own set of powers um, or stat upgrades that you can then purchase, yeah, um so that's another cool aspect of progression, where yeah. if you are playing as one character primarily, the more you kill enemies, the more uh chances not more chances it's just you kill a certain amount of enemies and then you get a new costume, yeah, like, um, which is really cool,
3: yeah, like basically every every character has their their default costume, obviously, and then three costumes they can unlock, two of them you unlock by killing enemies, uh, and the final costume you unlock is by basically doing uh, these these simulator discs, a mini-mission separated from the rest of the story based on your character, and once you finish that, you get their fourth costume.
2: It is, however, a solo mission... And it takes about 20 minutes, so we didn't do any of them.
1: Yeah. It turns out it's not completely solo, as we, cause we tried to play one right, right. before recording and it was, right. we stopped. But, uh, if the only one person can play as the hero, but the other three players can play as the villains that they fight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like the, the mob enemies. The mob enemies. Right. Right. Yeah, right. right? It's, yeah. It's, but then the game is also like, if, if you do that, you don't get, um, you don't get the rewards. Right. Yeah. Which is the like, point. Why? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why did I play this? It's, yeah. It's... Again, the solo player version of this game is just, it's not great. No.
3: Yeah, no. This, this is not a game you should ever play by yourself. Kind of kills we, 90% we, of the fun. We
1: may have buried the lead a little bit. It's not a good game. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. I would say it's also not a bad game. No. Yeah, there's, yeah.
2: there's parts of it that are bad. There's some bad design decisions. There's some bad coding. There's some missed. QA testing, (laughs) it is an incredible amount of fun. For four people sitting on a couch playing a game together, it's a lot of fun. That is true.
3: Like, it's funny, uh, I feel like we keep calling back to a little game called Psychonauts. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, Like, Psychonauts was, like, the most I've enjoyed a story, but the least amount of fun I've had playing a game proportionate to that. Right. Uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance is... The worst game that I've had so much fun with. Yes. That the gameplay has just been, it just works, it works just enough in a four-player multiplayer setting that you can just kind of have a blast with it, even when it's being really shitty on the coding
1: section i agree i would modify that just a little bit to say that marvel ultimate alliance is the buggiest game that i've had the most fun with yeah yes. i think final fantasy tactics advance 2 is a worse game <laughs> but i had more f- i had a lot of fun with that game right i think this is a buggier game right uh and still somehow yeah. immensely fun mm-hmm. when it works yeah yes. no, no no i i agree there yeah. are times when it's working so poorly that you just want to turn it off that you have to turn it off, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: and not not all the problems with it are just bugs. There's no, some legitimate course. bad stuff, like the movement is kind of crappy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you get
1: stuck behind stuff so easy. Yeah. You get stuck
2: behind stuff, you get stuck behind <laughs> each other. Everybody every character takes up the same amount of space and yeah. it's much larger than them. It's everybody takes up, up as much space as the Incredible Hulk. It's terrible. <laughs> Walking
1: and, through a door frame as a team is like a <laughs> harrowing experience. Two
2: people. Oh, right. it's wide enough for two people. Just kidding it's not.
1: You might you You're might both you stuck might ruin now. friendships just trying to walk through a door.
0: Yeah. We were doing this thing right before we started recording where we had to kind of solve this puzzle realm that Loki had. <laughs> had set up and there's a part where for some stupid reason you do this 2.5 d thing where you're like climbing up rock walls it's, and doing platforming it, yeah
3: it's a platforming right. like Which, section
0: that's terrible by itself but on top of that you're trying to negotiate this cramped landscape with three other superheroes <laughs> with some of the worst pat like movement detection so like i would be trying to climb up behind somebody else and then they would move the wrong way, and I would fall all the way down and like glitch through the wall. And they'd They're... have to keep going so that I would get summoned back. Well, that's the, thing.
1: the only redeeming thing about this is that the game is very quick to snap you back to the team. Yeah. So like these things, this would be. And I was saying this while you we were playing, and I still believe it's true. This would, this, these all things would be so much worse if they like made the game take five hours longer. Oh yeah. But because everything's so easy, like yeah. you still do it quickly, it's just not fun to do. Yeah. Right? right. Yeah. Which is not. I'm not like. Saying that's good, right? <laughs> yeah, there was. There's not a whole
2: lot in this game that was challenging. The most challenging thing would be a figuring out the weird gimmick of each boss because oh, most of them are yeah. weird oh, and gimmicky. They weren't uh, good yeah, fights. Yeah, a lot of them um, sucked. Or b that one time when everybody except for me died and I had to fight a boss by myself. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but you did it. You did it. Really I did good it. Job. Yeah, I did beat it. <laughs> so there are a couple different levels of bosses. There are, like, mini-bosses that are kind of the lower-tier villains in the Marvel Universe. For some reason, you fight the Wrecking Crew at one point. And that's just kind of, you know, that same style of just beat-em-up gauntlet combat. For the
0: most part, they're just kind of stronger enemies. Except that you do one in Atlantis, where (laughs) you're fighting against these two characters. And we didn't realize until the end of the fight that there's like a switch you can push that kind of grounds them. So, so we're just, just fighting them as they're zipping around <laughs> through the water way more quickly than you can reasonably
1: fight them. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah But we, more quickly than yeah. they can fight us too. Right, right? Yeah. No one was doing damage to anyone.
1: <laughs> I think they were slowly taking damage from like Captain America's shield winging about yeah, and, and yeah. someone's aura. I would sometimes uh, hit him with a fireball. Uh, right. And so yeah. it took us like seven minutes and then they died. Like we, yeah, fought,
0: we thought the fight was bugged and then afterward we're like oh this switch here you can push <laughs> the switch. Yeah it turns out we were just kind of Stupid, but
3: but that love, but
0: that mechanic
3: was also well. That ties
1: into stupid. a larger issue about the game that I want to get to in a little bit, which is just that uh, it's not transparent with information when it needs yes. to. Be. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, but the but to circle back to the point about bosses, so th- you know, there are those kinds of bosses, then every now and then you fight a more important villain, um, like a Loki or um, an Ultron, and that's kind of like a boss fight with phases where you right. still just have to attack them on mass and eventually you defeat them then every now and then <sighs> there are really large bosses uh like f- you fight fin fang foom very early in the game yeah you fight a giant kraken at one point yeah. and these boss fights are essentially puzzles that turn into quick time events right yeah but tying back to that lack of transparent information you never know how to activate any of the puzzles. Yeah. You yeah. just kind of stumble around until you do. Yeah, Universally
0: were- terrible experience. Very bad. Yeah. The yeah. Kraken, We it took us so
1: long
2: that we had to look up how to beat it because we could not figure it out. You mm. have to wait for it to destroy a pillar, and then you go into the pillar and then mm. you do a quick time event and then the pillar falls on him. It didn't make any sense. Right. No. Yeah. And
1: also, you can only it can only make a hole in one pillar at a time. Yeah, so, you yeah, we don't know which and, one. Well, yeah, while.
3: And and the reason we couldn't figure it out is because it's never obvious which pillar he's knocked
0: a hole into because the camera never
3: shows you. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, speaking of terrible things about this game, that this is the shittiest camera that I've ever experienced <laughs> in a gauntlet style game. Like, once again, we were playing before we recorded and we had to fight Ymir, I think, yeah. right? Oh, the, ooh, this big kind of ice Frost guy. Yeah. yeah. And for whatever reason, they decided to angle the camera <laughs> in such a way that it's really <laughs> low to the ground. <laughs> Pointing diagonally upward toward Ymir, you're,
1: you're kind of in a forest, and it looks like they were trying to replicate the Blair Witch Project,
2: right? Yeah, <laughs> and, and normally it's like an you know an isometric yeah. type of
0: view. Yeah, so like you're a in a situation deal. where like I'm, just, I just like I have no idea how to control my character now. This
1: there was, is a completely <laughs> the wrong angle for was, controlling my character. It was such a funny fight because the camera was terrible. The way you defeated him was every now and then, whenever you killed um a minion enemy would come on the screen. And you had to kill that minion enemy and steal his spear and then attack Ymir with the spear and then do a quick time event. So it was hilarious because the camera's never moving, it's at this terrible angle, and then this big dumb minion would walk <laughs> into the screen. You beat at the minion, you'd steal his spear, and then you just do that five times. Yeah. It was like so and the minions also like the size of the of the field of view. Like right. all oh, so that you could oh, see.
2: God. Also, it's it was 2006. There were a lot of quick time events. A lot of oh, QuickTime events. So yeah. Many. yeah.
1: And like again, this goes back to a intent versus content conversation. Where like the intent to vary up the combat so that you're not just always wailing on enemies is a good intention. Right. Yes. However, it's done in a way that is not inherently fun. Yeah. Right. And then it, it's explained in a way which is not at all so <laughs> that you are fumbling around for the first five minutes of every one of these kind of QTE fights. And it's just like the most ridiculous gaming experience because like no one knows what they're doing. We're all running in various directions. We don't know who our character is because maybe the camera zoomed out too much or too little. You can't see where you are or who you are. You're trying to figure out how to defeat this boss that has invulnerability for no reason. Even though you're four of the strongest heroes in the world. It's just like such a poorly implemented concept. But again, the intention behind it, I can understand.
0: Funnily enough, even though I didn't enjoy it very much at the time, I think that my favorite end-of-zone boss was the Mandarin. Uh, which is this fight, yeah. this incredibly complicated fight. And where, convoluted. Yes. It starts off and you're just kind of fighting him normally, but then he, like, teleports up into this control room. Oh, And there's yeah. this teleportation pad that you can take to get to him,
1: but if you <laughs> just
0: teleport, then he has this robot henchman that grabs you and sends you back.
1: It's an Ultron bot, I believe. So
0: simultaneously... Yeah. He kind of is releasing these sort of like bomb shoes from Zelda, like these little bombs that follow you They're around, like cockroaches or something. Right? Yeah, yeah. So bomb you have bugs. to lead the bomb into the teleporter. Then the Ultron bot grabs it and gets destroyed. And then you can teleport up and fight the Mandarin. <laughs> And, like, that's not a good fight. Like, mechanically, it's a disaster. But it's so much better than all of the other end-of-zone fights. It's like, okay, I guess this is fine. And and conceptually, pretty cool and clever. Yes.
1: My favorite thing about that fight, though, is that Colin was so overleveled at that point. (laughs) that Every time we got into the Mandarin's control room, he would do, like, two attacks. And the Mandarin would teleport away. (laughs) So the fight, if we had just been fighting Mandarin, would have taken, like, less than a minute. But because it was so finicky to get those bomb bugs Mm -hmm. into his little control room, it ended up taking us 15 minutes. Right. Most of it was running around and trying to trying to skirt the little bugs where we needed them to go. Yeah. And then yeah. Colin just wrecking shot for five, <laughs> literally yeah. five seconds. Yeah. It got to
0: the point where like, because I could fly, I would just fly over the teleporter and wait. Yeah. And then we'd go up and fight the Mandarin and then we'd do that again. And that was fire. the most fun that I had with an end of area boss. The yeah. best mid area boss was Pitfall. <laughs> oh pitfall you know you
1: guys loved that and i really didn't so let's, so let's, about, that, talk yeah. let's break that down a little bit okay. because i think that's a really interesting <laughs> counterpoint because i just think that was really fun but uh so basically one of the um world level that you have is you get sucked into arcades carnival arcade being a villain from who i don't even know whose universe I right um and...
3: yeah I'm, I'm not sure but yeah he's he's kind of a Marvel staple they use him for a lot of stuff yeah yeah generally whenever they want to do like sort of uh like a murder tournament or whatever they mm-hmm. generally like kind of put arcade in there as the guy who orchestrates it one, one of the guys who orchestrates it, they have a couple characters like that in the Marvel
0: Universe. And just to be clear, on balance, I liked Arcade's level a lot. The sure. whole thing I liked
1: a lot of Like it really when needed. Colin killed us all with, uh, with <laughs> the bumper <laughs> car. Bumper car. <laughs> ah. There's some
0: pits
2: that if you fell into the pit you would die. Instantly so die. I knocked everybody into the pit with a bumper car. <laughs> and I drove my bumper car into the
1: pit. You know, <laughs> the so, uh... Within this carnival world that arcade has set up, there Murder is, World, Murder World, thank yeah, you, Murder World. There is a uh, arcade machine,
3: yeah. and
1: you have to unlock the ability to enter the arcade machine. Then, when you do, it's literally just Pitfall.
4: Yeah,
1: <laughs> uh, you're playing Pitfall, but you're doing it as whatever hero you are. Yeah, and they're like just dropped into the world of Pitfall in with, a way that with, actually, with that
3: eight bit aesthetic. With in, the,
1: in a way yeah. that I thought was actually really adorable, like watching yeah. Nightcrawler do his like little pounce run <laughs> yeah. in the Pitfall world was amazing. Yeah.
3: I I liked it a lot, like and basically it was a very forgiving version of Pitfall because yes. basically like uh, it would it would cycle between each of the four characters, each of the four players. Like if if you if say I'm playing and then I die pl- playing Pitfall, it would cycle over to Colin, and then when he died, it would cycle to Sean. Then when Sean died, it would cycle to Max. And basically had an infinite amount of lives to keep fucking up and keep taking turns.
1: And it didn't boot beating, you back to the beginning. Right? Yeah, you just dropped in exactly where you were. Essentially, yeah. Um, I think that there's a worse version of this mini game which boots you out of the arcade every time someone dies or every yeah. time all four of you die. Yeah, or you have to start over every time. Right. Yeah. I think the reason I didn't end up hating it was because it was so easy and forgiving that like yes. dying had no consequence other okay. than like a waste of a millisecond while the next person dropped in.
0: Yeah. I, I can see where you're coming from. I think the issue for me was that um I thought the first screen was really cute and charming, but it felt like that was like half an hour of Pitfall. <laughs> <laughs> longer than it needed to be. We, we did play through the entire...
3: It was the entire first level of Pitfall, right. which is uh surprisingly
0: long. Right. And then yeah. also... There are these gold bars or something that you can like collect. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You can collect throughout the level, and we collected all of them. And the game did not make it clear as to whether or not that was necessary, (laughs) and whether or not we got anything out of it. (laughs) Yeah,
2: we have no idea if that wasn't. Maybe it was money. Maybe each gold coin each of us collected was our own money. We have no idea. Yeah, that leads to a deeper conversation we can have about how it Mm -hmm. hid information. Right. So we kind of hinted at that
1: a little bit before. Yeah. One of the major problems I'd say with this game is that a lot of the transpa- the information is just not transparent enough. Yeah. yeah. This is obviously one of those situations where like we felt like we had to collect all of those gold coins, which meant a fair amount of backtracking within the game of Pitfall.
4: Yeah. But
1: the, when we loaded into Pitfall, it didn't tell us to collect them. It didn't tell us what would happen if we did. Yeah. And when we got out of Pitfall, we didn't see any tangible record of that. Of doing that. Yeah, like, yeah. it didn't, like, we didn't have more gold in our purse all of a sudden. We didn't see experience. That gold wasn't then used anywhere else. Yeah. I mean, maybe we did have more gold in our purse but and we, we have no idea. Right. right. There wasn't a record of that. Right. There yeah. wasn't,
0: like, oh, you collected this much and it goes up. You like, this would that. be a great game to have, like, a combat log, you know? You can right. like, go right. into pause and just see what happened. Yeah. Because a lot of the time we didn't know.
1: Sometimes like, we would just level up and we're like, why did I just level up? <laughs> right. I just right. built a statue. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah leveling up is definitely one of those issues and you can see this a lot also in the side quests yeah throughout the game uh-huh. um you have various hub worlds basically nick fury keeps moving his operation to various hub worlds and then yeah you and the full cast of characters like hank pym is there not yeah. as ant-man but as hank pym
3: yeah and
1: weasel is there and yeah. vision vision is there and uh black widow
3: yeah and, and you know sometimes you're at stark tower sometimes you're at uh at Doctor Strange's
1: Sanctum. Right. Uh, yeah. The Sanctum Sanctorum. Yes. And uh, in addition to doing the main plot, when you talk to characters, sometimes you'll get a side objective. Like mm. finding someone's glasses in the next world you're going to. <laughs> yeah. Or like finding, a, getting a book from Vision and giving it to someone in the same room. Right. Yeah. And none of these side quests are hard. Right. Uh, none of them require any effort other than exploring worlds fully. Yeah. But the game doesn't tell you what the reward for doing any of them is. Yeah, so It's hidden behind the out behind the the surface of the game.
3: Yeah. like at one point we're like, okay, maybe this ups our team's reputation. It was never clear whether that was what was happening. Uh, and you know, sometimes like oh, do we get gold for this? We're not sure. Finally, like, during today's like, we play like a couple more hours of the game before we recorded today. And for the first time after we finished a random side quest, we all leveled up. And it's like, (laughs) oh, we're getting experience points for this. The game never lets you know that you right. get experience points for side quests,
1: which like is a fair assumption to make. Usually, yeah. you do side quests, you get experience. Like right. I think we all expected that that was happening. Yeah,
0: but that but, we
3: never leveled up until
0: today. Right. Yeah, yeah right. there was just no way to tell for twenty hours of <laughs> gameplay. Yeah, unless yeah.
2: like you check your menu, where the only place to see your current level of experience and how long till you level up. If you check your that menu every five minutes, then maybe sure you can
1: tell when you gain some experience. Right. right. But other
2: than that, it's it's never clear. Yeah. yeah.
1: And this this lack of transparent information reared its head so frequently in the game it's yeah. kind of shocking like yeah there are so many different things that happen in the game that you don't see and it's just a really weird way to play a video game especially yeah. a video game with rpg elements mm-hmm. didn't like that part <laughs> <laughs> it got to the point where like doing the side quests felt completely purposeless because like nothing yeah. interesting was happening plot wise with them right yeah. they often were just really simple dumb fetch quests yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. there, and, or or there like... was
3: there was actually a really long series of subquests with its own subplot uh, basically you're, you kept giving Weasel information so he could find out whether or not Black Widow was a spy working against you. And you, you would do this like in between every mission, basically. Right, you're like and getting
0: then, a laptop, finding a password. Yeah, know, getting him stuff. a safe house. Yeah,
3: yeah uh, making him name drop C.B. <laughs> <laughs> uh And that does actually culminate in a cutscene where Nick Fury explains to you what Black Widow's been doing, right. but like
0: it or Nick Fury basically just goes, "You fucking idiots! Yeah, <laughs> like what, what are you talking about? And yeah, that's the end.
3: Yeah, but that wasn't like like that didn't really feel like a payoff, especially when it wasn't clear what other rewards we were getting.
0: Right. Yeah, and yeah. like
3: the individual actions you had to do was oh, every
2: time we come back to the Hub World, we talk to Weasel and he we said, "Oh, that last thing you did worked out. Now can you figure out which of these two things is ready? right? Yeah. You can talk to this person about it, and you talk to that person, and they say, "Oh, this thing. I know about this guy." Um and you and then you ask them about the other, and they're like, Oh, I don't know about that. You need to talk to this other person about it. And then you go talk to them and that's it. That's the whole thing you do. And then you just tell Weasel which one is the right one. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. So like the action of doing the thing is not satisfying. Yeah. And then the reward of doing the thing is not satisfying. So why are you doing the thing? Right. Yeah. It's not great game design.
0: Yeah. And on top of all of that. It's all four of you running around at the same time, but only one of you is, like, interacting with people and doing this stuff. So it got to the point where, like, I would be, like, I'm moving Spider-Woman around with my thumbstick, you know, with one hand and, like, checking my phone with the other hand. Because, like, what else am I going to do? Yeah.
3: Oh, man. So that actually reminds me (laughs) of something else we can talk about. And that's... For the most part, everyone has an equal amount of control over most of the aspects of the game. Oh yeah, including the camera. Include yes, everyone c- gets to control the camera. <laughs> so if I want to move it to the left and Colin wants to move it to the right, it just looks like a nightmare on the screen. <laughs> and <laughs> and like you know, ev- everyone gets to pause whenever they want and navigate the menus. But then there's occasionally a point where like we go to save. Like someone can <laughs> someone can select. To save the game. Anyone can select to save the game. However, uh, then a notice will pop up, are you sure you want to overwrite your last save? And only player one. <laughs> <laughs> like, like which characters got control over what was really arbitrary? Sometimes, arbitrary. Com- Sometimes random. Yeah. Like-
1: well, and going deeper, the thing that I really don't understand about that is the mm-hmm. game then, I don't know if it actually is doing it, so I'm going to say, quote-unquote, saves the game for each player.
4: Yeah. yeah. So it does. the
1: fact that it's doing that, no, I, I, know that it does. Yeah, yeah. I just don't know if it's actually saving it. You know what I mean? Or if yeah. it's like, is anything actually being written for that player to any file? I don't know.
3: Yeah. Um, or worked. is
1: it just saying that it's saving the game as it like yeah. cycles through as a right?
3: Yeah. It, it cycles through because it is, uh, it is putting a save file on each of our, each of our separate profiles. Uh, so that way if I, uh, if I go to play by myself, I can load up that save, but you can do the same thing. Uh, yeah,
1: and the thing that's weird yourself. about that is if, if if it's doing that for all the characters, why can't any player just save a game right why does like, it always have to be player yeah player no it's that so daniel so is the
0: supreme guardian of my marvel ultimate alliance that <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah. doesn't ask each player
1: right. to save their file right if daniel says okay does it for everybody yeah. yeah it's like you know this is a really minor thing but again right. it gets to that point of like it gets to the point of the, the thought behind everything isn't always yeah. there
3: yeah like and it's just so weird like the the things that it locks everyone but player one out of doing why if you're doing that for some things why are you're not doing that for things like the camera and like things that are a mess when four people try to use it at the same time right uh yeah really strange I think actually like that culminated in just none of us bothering to control the camera at all and just letting (laughs) the game do it itself, which was also not always a great idea. Today
1: I was doing a little bit of subtle camera control. Oh, nice. Like I was kind of rotating it to behind us when it was stuck to the side of us. Ah,
3: All right, Max had our backs. (laughs) Nice. Literally. Yeah. yeah, Thanks, Max.
1: Another small game design thing that I find really hilarious in this game, (laughs) which is going to be hard to describe to someone who hasn't seen it, but maybe you guys can help me, is when you're doing dialogue, with uh, <laughs> anyone in the game, uh, whoever initiates the dialogue, either by walking into the room first or approaching the character and pressing the square, yeah. gets to control the dialogue. And uh, you know, sometimes they'll say something, and sometimes you'll react. Yeah. And um, each player has their own color. So, yeah. uh, for instance, player two is red, so yeah. all of their dialogue shows up in red. Right. And then sometimes you don't say anything. And you just need to advance the screen so the person can say the next thing. Right. But in your same color, it says the word continue. <laughs> dot, dot, <laughs> that, yeah. As if the character is actually saying yeah. continue. <laughs> continue yeah. So us we we would always kind of read our characters stuff out loud to you know get into the world of the game, especially early before we were just trying to like play and play and play. Right. Early when we were still really feeling the world. Right. We were like read out our character's dialogue. And yeah. without fail, each of us would be like continue <laughs> or hmm. continue, continue. Yeah. Like, as if it was actually dialogue right? yeah. which is so amazing like I love that in a, in a vacuum but right. especially like when you're doing with a villain who's like I'm going to destroy you all right. continue, continue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, it's just yeah. it's very funny to me it's yeah. like they Look. didn't they didn't dis- they didn't visually distinguish the word continue from dialogue right yeah. so it essentially was dialogue
0: <laughs> yeah yeah that's... it just seems as though every character is kind of in a very sultry way enc- yeah. you know uh, <laughs> encouraging uh, the villain to keep talking yeah
3: that that was really fun <laughs> uh this reminds me of some other fun discrepancies in the game's dialogue uh so i was playing through the game as nightcrawler <laughs> Uh, who was oh, who is a DLC character, right? He was not he was not playable in the base game, uh, but then they then they released like six DLC characters. Some of them were like NPCs or just unplayable in the game story. Like Doctor Doom was uh, was a DLC character, but I decided to play through his Nightcrawler. And there's a segment in the game where Jean Grey and Nightcrawler get captured uh, by the League of Evil, and at one point actually. Uh, you have to decide which of those two characters dies, Jean Grey or Nightcrawler. By you know, like basically, like Mephisto has them both in cages, and whichever person you rescue, the other cage like drops down in the abyss and they die. But there's a, there's a point where where you get to fight Jean Grey before she gets recaptured, and if Nightcrawler is in your party, <laughs> she talks to you when when you defeat her, and she's she's lucid again. She's like, oh, I'm. Um, I'm sorry. You guys have to save Kurt. You guys have to save Nightcrawler. And Nightcrawler, just since he's in my party, responds, Gino, are you okay? I'm. I'm right. I'm right here. <laughs> I'm right here. Why? Why do we need to save me? I'm. I'm not captured." And she's like, "It's like the person who captured Nightcrawler is through that door. You need to save him." Yeah. Her and, dialogue isn't changed at all.
1: Yes. Right. <laughs> Clearly, they just went in and. Patched a new dialogue for Nightcrawler and nothing else. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I
3: was like, "Oh, I think she's hallucinating." Uh, but it's funny also because that's the only discrepancy they quote unquote fixed. Yeah. Then, then basically, like we decide to save Jean Grey because Nightcrawler's is all already in our party, and obviously that other Nightcrawler must be Mystique,
2: or yeah. is,
1: is the Nightcrawler we're playing with Mystique? Could be. That's not. what I'm convinced of.
3: So, so Night, so Nightcrawler dies. And then I and then for like the next for the next like hour of the game, like I'm walking up and talking to people as Nightcrawler, and everyone's going, "Oh, I'm so sad, Nightcrawler's dead."
1: <laughs> and you don't have any different dialogue. It's not like Nightcrawler can be like, "Wake up, people, I'm here." Yeah,
3: yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, he Nightcrawler is just apologetic that Nightcrawler's dead from that point forward.
2: In in general, there's not a ton of like character specific dialogue interactions there's there's some yeah there's there's, some. There's, there's a handful i think yeah. there's
3: enough really yeah
2: they, like they don't if you're taking on your own villain you'll have a little conversation about that yeah it, like if you're in dr Do- in dr strange sanctums with if you're in dr strange's sanctum, <laughs> it's a, <it's> a <laughs> tongue twister yeah. if you're in dr strange's house <laughs> Uh, If you're in Dr. Strange's house, you can go and talk to Wong and you have a special little interaction with him. Yeah. Um, there's a certain room in Dr. Strange's house that you can only go to if you have Dr. Strange in your party. Yeah. Things like that. Mm. But there's not, there's not a whole lot of it. There's not not, like cross. Universe right. interaction. Like yeah. the
0: entirety of Spider Woman's is at one point she runs into her villain and they're just like, Oh, I guess only one sexy pheromone bleeding person can be in this town and, then <laughs> fight. and <then> they fight. And they fight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, although that is cool,
3: like sometimes if you like encounter a villain and you have a relevant hero with you, like they will have a dialogue, which is cool. And if you don't, sometimes they'll kind of sometimes they'll kind of hint at it. Like uh, when you fight the wrecking crew, like the the leader of the wrecking crew will be like, ah, too bad Thor's in here. I'd like to wipe this hammer off of his face. That's not. That's not what he says. Why did he have a hammer on his face?
1: (laughs) (laughs) And if it's there, wouldn't the villain want to keep it there? Yeah, (laughs) I'd like
3: to wipe that hammer onto his face. There you go. Yeah, 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 that's that's what he said. That's how you hit people. You (laughs) remember now. Yeah. The wrecking crew uh,
1: now comprises of the brawny man. Yeah. <laughs> the paper towel. <laughs> paper <man. laughs> right. Yeah.
3: But, but I, I think there are enough like cute moments like that. The game doesn't need to be like packed to the brim with them. Sure. I, I think the amount they had was, was cute enough.
1: Yeah. I agree. Something else that we haven't really covered a lot of, but we've covered some of the stuff behind it a little bit, mm-hmm. is the presentation of the game. So kind of in that same vein of like, they wasted all of their Q&A budget uh not Q and A, budget, like early in the game. Yeah. They right. also like clearly paid for three good motion or three good cinematic scenes. And the rest of the <laughs> graphics in the game are almost like terrible. Right. Yeah. But like this, the first this cinematic a... is really good. Yeah. Late game there's an excellent cinematic yeah, that's yeah. very short and like it was kind of surprisingly good. Yeah. But then the rest of but immediately after you pop out of that cinematic, like you see um the oh, what's his name? The Watcher, and yeah. he's really well rendered in the cinematic. And yeah. then it pops out, and you're in the game world, and he looks like a giant baby in a diaper. Just, it looks his, awful. His character model's real bad. His character model's so bad. Uh, and the dichotomy, but the discrepancy between yeah the the stuff they paid for and the stuff they did not pay for yeah. is so stark. Well, yeah.
3: the the game was uh was the early PS3 and 360 game, and I th- I think we're kind of underestimating. What a gra- what a like how far we've come since then. <laughs> like, because I remember thinking that those were like even the in game graphics, like, looked pretty good when we were playing the game for the first time. That d- did not age well at all. <laughs> no. And and we were playing the HD update, right? Right, uh, which you know like kind of bumped the resolution a bit right but, but sometimes that just makes things look worse yes yeah. yes it does and yeah they didn't they did not work hard on this hd remaster no like in in terms of hd remastering it they did not
1: to round out the conversation on presentation i think we also were all individually noting how bad the sound design is specifically Ooh. the sound mixing it's yeah. rough yes. it's really if, rough
2: if there's multiple sounds at once it like we'll choose a part of one to be loud and then yeah. a part of another to be loud immediately afterwards. So you yeah. get, like, half of a line and then, like, an explosion sound. Right. Yeah. Or, like, sometimes... We were in a bass fight earlier today and
1: the music didn't play. Yeah. So there was just no music. so anticlimactic. Which, like, yeah. quick-time event fights are already anticlimactic. And then to not have any sound behind that is further so. Yeah. And then immediately after that, like... There was a scene with Dr. Doom and we couldn't hear his dialogue yeah because like, right. the yeah. music was too loud
2: <laughs> the character yeah. that was talking to him we could hear his dialogue super loud and Dr. Doom was super quiet yeah, yeah. the music was super loud yes
0: the cutscenes too actually like when we were watching that last cutscene suddenly it was like hello I am blah blah blah. Welcome to the realm I pulled you out of. And you're like, yeah. What? what? <laughs> yeah. Talk louder, large baby man. <laughs> yeah, sound
1: mixing is just not this game's strong suit. No.
3: I, I'm i kind of sad. Like, to talk about for a second, I, I, I think it works that our, the title of each play this episode is the title of the game. But I'm kind of sad we don't do the thing where each of our titles are quotes. Because, because, lottery, because you stupid baby man. Yeah. Speak louder, large baby man. Would be a great title for this Daniel, episode. if you
1: think I would let you title this any episode anything other than Weam Turkeys, Turkey's Done, done. Oh, <laughs> God, you're right. You're right, you're right. That'd be a good subtitle though. So that's in a nutshell, Marvel Ultimate Alliance. You know, normally we like to have a slightly more structured conversation about video games. Yeah. This was kind of a messy conversation. Yeah. But you know what? It's a messy game. <laughs> <laughs> and a messy game deserves a messy conversation.
2: But you know what? I think it was a fun conversation.
1: Just and like, like, the like game. it's a fun game. <laughs> oh, <No>, wow. <laughs> it's perfect. This is the perfect episode. This is, wow. the, this is the moment where we all learn a life lesson <laughs> <laughs> Colin learned how to make a friend. Finally.
3: <laughs> that, that was mean. Call <laughs>
1: like, it has, Daniel has not learned how to be mean yet. <laughs> I'm working on it. He feels bad immediately afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Dan, my favorite thing about Daniel uh, is whenever you ask him to insult someone, his go-to is to just call them handsome.
0: <laughs>
1: it's like, try to insult Sean right now. You're just going to call him handsome.
0: Do it,
3: Daniel. You know what, Sean? You've got a good chin on you. It it brings out your
1: face. Fuck you. (laughs) See, he's got the tone of an insult right. It sounds like it could be an insult if the words coming out of his mouth were not (laughs) complimentary. Which is also a lot about how we talk about Marvel Ultimate Alliance. (laughs) It could be an insult, but in the end it's a compliment. Yeah. So... Fellas, one thing we like to do on the show is, after we've wrapped up the conversation, to kind of give our final thoughts. Yeah. Um, so as our guests, Colin or Shalin would...
3: Colin
2: or Shalin. <laughs> Colin or
1: Shalin. <laughs> Sean or Colin, would either of you like to go first?
2: Um, I'll go first. I think, overall, Marvel Ultimate Alliance is a bad game. Mm. It's, well, it's maybe not bad. It's not good. <laughs> it's definitely fun though. Yeah. It was yeah. a lot of fun and if you can have four people playing together, sitting on a couch together, you're gonna have a good time. Yeah. If you try to play it one player, I don't think you're gonna have a good time. I oh, can't no. imagine playing yeah. this game
3: solo. Oh no, it's yeah. It's rough.
0: Sean? I think that a lot of my enjoyment of playing this game didn't just come from playing with three other people, but came from playing with three other close friends. Yes. Like, if this had an online mode where I was just on mic chat with three randos, I would hate this game. Oh, yeah. I would also hate playing it solo. There are a lot of respects in which this is a bad game. Right. It has several game-breaking bugs that we encountered repeatedly. There are a lot of questionable design decisions. There's a lot wrong with it, but there's definitely something there that's very compelling. Um, there's a There are definitely a couple of design aspects that I really enjoy. And I think that if you have a couple of good
1: friends, a case of beers, and some patience, <laughs> this can be a really fun game. You know, Sean, I, I appreciate you playing this game with us because... Yeah. Hype is the worst. (laughs) Hype never does anything for anyone but the person hyping it. Right. No one's experience of a thing is is improved by someone else hyping it. It's just not how human nature works. Yeah. yeah. And also, nostalgia is great. But when you don't have it, nostalgia can be (laughs) something that makes you feel othered. So I really appreciate the fact that you play this game with us and put up with years of us talking about this game and then finally having to like actually play the buggy mess that it is which we never mentioned yeah uh, you know uh, coincidentally well um, uh,
0: <laughs> thank you I appreciate that but you know it wasn't a chore um, ultimately I had a good time
1: ultimately you had oh, a good time. thanks to this ultimate alliance I ultimately had an ultimate time. Daniel, no, I think I usually put uh, my uh, thought before you, so this time why don't you go first?
3: Yeah, sure. Uh, first off, I just want to say I've just like spent spending like the last three minutes sort of imagining this nightmare scenario where you can only play the game online with strangers (laughs) and like i'm just imagining like sean logging on and his partners are just three doctor dooms and they're all like why don't you min max spider woman oh Oh, man
1: that's a thing that could definitely happen in this game that we did not talk about where if a min maxer got into this game they would make it unbearable for the rest of the team they would ruin
3: it yeah oh yeah however this has been a blast to play with the three of you specifically yeah it's uh this this game is filled with flaws. Some of them literally had to make us stop playing the game for a minute. <laughs> a, a console game that made us do that. Right. Like, you know, we we all like grew up playing PC games, and we're kind of used to like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, the the game crashed because my specs don't completely line up with what this game is. So let me restart it and and tweak it a bit. But this is <laughs> this is a console game with with you know with just static settings that are supposed to cooperate with the system that it's on right. and it it just like falls apart like coding wise multiple times and uh yeah resetting a console game was such a weird experience mm-hmm.
0: um not since the days of probably the sega genesis yeah yeah um, yeah i had to do that or like the frequently. dreamcast or something, which <laughs> right. i never no. owned so it yeah. a problem for me
3: However, like, all, everything that's bad about this game, like, I've still had a smile on my face for most of this discussion. Yes. You know, it's still a game that, like, yeah, it's like, oh, like, this is a piece of crap, but it's our piece of crap, (laughs) you know, that we, that we got to play together, and it's just, it, it, even some of the times that it was a piece of crap were so funny that, like, There's this point where where Colin knocks a guy into the air and, like, hits the guy with his flamethrower, and the guy just fucking (laughs) rotates in the air like a goddamn helicopter, like, over and over. and Like, clearly the game was not meant to do that animation, but it was so funny. Like, playing the game with three people that you love, it's such an experience. It's a story that you get to tell. It's a romp. And I, I really, I really did value like being able to do this after 10 years. It's still as fun as it was, even (laughs) if it's much clearly worse than we remembered.
0: It actually makes me think of like going on a family vacation as a kid. Like even if like the car breaks down or you're like canoeing and you're covered in mosquitoes (laughs) like you're camping and you forgot the thing that blows up the air mattress, like you're still having a good time because you're just trying something weird and you're with people that you love. Yeah. Uh, That was definitely, the Marvel Ultimate Alliance was the family vacation of video games. (laughs) 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 For all that that entails. That's
1: such a beautiful tagline. I almost don't want to give my impression. (laughs) i like to leave it at that. Yeah, please do though. You know, I think it's, I don't think it's a controversial thing to say that grouping people by their demographic, by their generation is problematic. And people like to say, well, millennials are this and Gen X is that. But there is, there is a truth in people who are of a similar generation go through similar cultural touchstones and Mm -hmm. those inform the people that you are. Yes. And we are of a generation that came about when technology was a thing. The internet was a thing, video games were a thing, but we weren't born into it. It wasn't native for us. Yeah. And within that, one of the things that I love so much about Marvel Ultimate Alliance is it really harkens back to a thing that really wasn't even much of an experience when that game came out, which is getting a group of friends together, sitting on a couch, and playing a video game together. Yeah. And even in 2006 when this game came out, that was already losing steam. Yeah, right. that, was, that
3: was being phased out for sure with the advent of online gaming.
1: And so much of what made this game stand out for me as a as a late teenager, early 20-something, when I played it with the, with the two of you and John the first time.
3: Yeah, 19.
1: Was that idea of going to Blockbuster, renting a video game for the <laughs> weekend, yeah. and going to someone's house and playing it for as long as you could yeah. together. Mm-hmm. Not taking turns. Not being, not being competitive, playing a cooperative game together in the same room where you can see each other and you can feel each other. Yeah. And at the time that was already fading into the past. Yeah. Yeah. And now most games don't even ship if they're, if they're co-op or competitive with a couch option. It just isn't a thing that games are concerned about. There are a few, there are a few exceptions, sometimes sports games, uh, fighting games, obviously, Mm -hmm. sometimes shooting games.
3: And, and if it's not one of those three genres, it's a Nintendo game. Right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's just, or an indie game. Yeah. Right. I'm an sure indie say. game that is yeah. also trying to tap into this very thing. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so to be able to, at this, at where we are in our lives, which is, we're all in different places, obviously, but like, mm. we're all in a transitional period in some way. You know, Colin and Sean, you're approaching the end of your 20s. Yeah. Daniel, you and I just left our 20s. I'm yeah. about to have a kid. Yeah. There is, there is, um, a beauty for me in holding on to something that feels so reminiscent of a time that is no longer accessible, mm-hmm. and that is what Marvel, Marvel Ultimate Alliance gives me. It is literally no longer accessible.
3: <laughs> 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 right. <laughs> Thanks, Activision. <laughs> uh,
1: so, I mean, that's just further further proof. That's just that's just furthering what we're talking about here, yeah. though. That this this is not a thing that's prioritized in the world of video games anymore. There's a belief that either people won't play couch co-op together anymore, or there's not a reason to monetize that that thing, that not enough people are doing it, that it's not worth building, it's not worth the time, the investment to put into your game. And what we're losing in that, is we're losing that experience of gathering your friends together, and having this communal experience in the same room. And I think... I mean, not to get too like, you know, heavy and extrapolate too far from this, but like that also speaks to a lot of the issues I have with the way that we interact with technology as a society these days, which I think is reducing our, our, our pathways to empathy because it takes us out of us of a shared space and puts us into a personal space that we don't have to ex- coexist with each other as much as we used to. Mm-hmm. People can exist in their own private worlds at any time. And I'm just as guilty of this as anyone. Like I, I'm just as guilty as like if I have thirty seconds of downtime, the first thing I do is pull out my phone and I disappear into that world right. and the experience of of gathering together and sitting on a couch and playing a game is the antithesis of that experience, and as someone who who feels the pushback against these these tiny private worlds we've created, especially as I'm considering. About to have a child who's going to be born into this world. Who's right, going right. to have a native understanding of this technology and yeah. is not going to know any other way. And that scares me in the way that, like, all change scares people of older <laughs> generations. Right. Obviously, yeah. like, most of what I'm saying just is, hey, I'm old now. This conversation got way off topic.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think what we're, the crux of what we're trying to get at is that it's a lot of fun to sit on a couch with your friends and play a video game. Yeah. And that's something that you can't do anymore. Especially not with this game because you can't buy it. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, Sean, I'm going to set you up with an alley-oop here. Oh. So you ready to slam it home? Okay. I think ultimately my thought on Marvel Ultimate Alliance can be perfectly summed up by Nightcrawler's most popular line. Sometimes I enjoy this too much.
0: (laughs) Max really does. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Okay. So, that was Marvel Ultimate Alliance.
1: Uh, And then a conversation not at all about Marvel Ultimate (laughs) Alliance.
3: (laughs) And uh, that that was Max's last game before he goes on an extended hiatus. Max is having his baby and while he while he takes care of that and, and figures out how to manage the rest of his life, I guess. Hey, would you uh,
0: excuse me? I gotta go take care of this baby. I'll be back. 20 minutes.
3: He'll be off indefinitely. Obviously, I'd love to have him come back and return as the permanent co-host to Play This. Uh, but obviously, neither of us can commit to anything on that front right now while... while a brand new human life comes into the world, and right. Max experiences something that he's never experienced before.
0: We're letting Max acclimate to child rearing. Yes, and then we'll see. Yeah, <laughs> thank uh, you for letting me do that.
1: Sean. <laughs> Otherwise, like, was, I mean, I guess who, yeah, those yeah, those it was, it was Sean's Sean, idea. Otherwise, he's a very tall, yeah. large man. He could come pick me up and carry me wherever he wanted <laughs> if he wanted to. I could do that. So when Sean says he's letting me do it, it's it's real. He's letting me do yeah. it. Yes, I often carry people.
3: <laughs> uh, But in the meantime, while Max is gone, we are going to uh, do a thing where I will obviously still be here and I will have temporary co-hosts for a while that I'll rotate out. Our first co-host for the next few episodes is going to be Sean. Woo! Hey, hey,
1: Sean. Hey. Hey. So now you can listen as this show inevitably just descends into another smashing theory. <laughs>
2: I recommend uh, Super Smash Brothers. <laughs> it's a really good game. I think you like it. Uh,
3: <laughs>
1: but, before Max goes, Is this I'm... where he cue the Sarah McLaughlin music? <laughs> what? In the arms of <laughs> the angels.
0: Oh, oh I see. You know,
1: that's, just, who, like, oh, that's who she so. is. Far yeah. away, here! <laughs> that's pretty good. Are you, um, uh, What's the name of, in Five O oh Goes West, the Wyatt Earp dog? That's what oh, you sound like. Oh, I can't remember I don't know exactly oh, what you're talking oh, about. Oh, that's real good, yeah. Hey there, Jimmy little fella. Jimmy, yeah, Jimmy Stewart is what I'm
3: But before Max goes, I do want to recommend one last game to him. That he can play is it on...
1: Octodad? It's not. It's not a... that. That's a short ass <laughs> game.
3: If I can bring Traveler. you back here next week. <laughs> Octodad Travel. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, I would. Uh, oh, that would be. That's so good. I play the hell out of that. Play as eight different octopi <laughs> traversing <laughs> a modern world. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna
3: recommend a game for Max to play while he's gone, and then when he comes back and resumes his seat as the play this co-hosts, we'll talk about that game during that episode. So I, I I thought about the game to recommend to Max. Uh, we we did some talking off-camera. I, I thought about recommending another big RPG to Max. Uh, first, I thought about Xenoblade Chronicles, one mm-hmm. of my favorite games, and uh, brought up the possibility to Max. But Max doesn't have a Wii of his own to play games with. Um. So I, I said I'd
0: figure. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. I, our minds both went to the <laughs> exact. <same. laughs> I if I have uh, a weed
1: to not play games with us, what I would. Uh, oh, oh, oh I just just like of like a, don't. Yeah, have yeah, no, that yeah, wasn't okay, a so penis joke mind. for me. That was like, <laughs> yeah. oh, I have a weed. It's <laughs> yeah, an unnecessary. Well, yeah, plot, yeah, so, back, right. yeah. doesn't have a weed. I don't play games. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, I'm having a baby. No games.
3: So I said that I'd figure something else out. Uh, what I've figured out is that this is
1: just it's
3: something. <laughs> what I've what I've figured out is that you can get a used Wii on Amazon for very <laughs> cheap.
4: Christ.
3: So, as a congratulations on having your baby gift to you, Max, I got you. <laughs> 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 so I had to slide that across the table there. Yeah, we, we, we picked it up yeah. on the mic. Yeah, yeah it, doesn't, it doesn't work anymore. Yeah, hopefully I didn't just fucking break <laughs> it. Uh, I got you a used Wii, oh. a and a and a Wii uh, Whatever they call called Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it goes with a Wii Wii Remote nunchuck, and I also got you a Classic Controller Pro oh. for it uh, because I think that is the ideal way to play Xenoblade Chronicles. Uh, my copy is in that bag. Uh, that's my copy. You're borrowing it. Uh, <laughs> Xenoblade Chronicles is more expensive to get a copy of that's than amazing. the Wii is.
1: And so I should uh, play over your save file?
3: Huh? Oh, no, because th- that's your Wii. Oh, I see. I, it's, not, it's not a cartridge uh, game. No, yeah. it's not. <laughs> well, <laughs> no. With the, I
1: mean, would you have been surprised if the Wii did use cartridges? <laughs> <laughs>
3: so, whenever you want, you can play Xenoblade Chronicles on it. And uh also other wii games yeah also (laughs) uh, really any other wii games you want but i i'm really looking forward to eventually hearing what what you think of (laughs) six years uh uh, what you think of xenoblade chronicles because uh it's it's obviously one of my favorite games and i think there's a lot about it that you'll like as well um i'll just say up front that it's a wii game so don't expect it to look good uh the The way it plays is really unlike any other RPG and I think there's a lot that you'll latch on. It's so, neat.
0: it's a neat game
3: yeah and and I think uh regardless of how how much you like it, I think there's a lot that's worth discussing about that game that uh that can't really be discussed in the same way about its sequels that are on more modern
1: systems so well, thank you, Daniel. I yeah. look forward to playing it when I have time to play it, yeah, <laughs> and uh I imagine I'll have some you know early morning nurse like trying to get the baby to go back to sleep sessions of uh <laughs> of needing something to do while I'm really tired but I can't sleep because I'm not allowed to. Yeah. So um it'll yeah, I look forward to having something to fill the, those hours. Yeah. Cool. I'm
0: sure I'm sure that playing the game in that context
1: will improve your <laughs> <life>. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I don't really have any other context of yeah. where the game is. That's so. fair. And, there,
3: and as a bonus this is the first Wii that you'll have that is backwards compatible with the GameCube. So now yeah, anyway. I can recommend now I can eventually recommend GameCube games to you as well. Chippy robo. But uh, why'd you whisper that to Sean? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it was, he was close. He didn't want you to know. He was <laughs> oh, I about see, I see. Yeah, I hope you didn't overhear. No, I think that's I a good didn't. idea. <laughs> Me too. Good. Uh, anyway, <laughs> oh, speaking of the present, though, um, yeah, have happy baby, buddy. Oh, thank yes. you. <laughs> um,
0: Pre congratulations. I I hope that raising a child is everything that you hope it will be. I, I haven't even thought about what I hope it
1: will be. So, uh, <laughs> well, as you think healthy, about yes, what you hope well, it will Well, not be. it, the baby. It, the experience. <laughs> yes, happy and healthy are Do you mind if you're calling people. your baby an it? <laughs> I mean, I call, <laughs> Stephanie and I both call Laurel it. So. <laughs> that dog's weird. What dog isn't weird? That's <laughs> true. Their dog only goes out once a day. <laughs> that is weird. <laughs> but it's the
3: convenient kind of weird. Yeah, no, I, I love my weird dog
1: so much. I love my weird dog, too. I love, I love your my weird dog. Weird dog. Aww. <laughs> we all love our weird dogs. And as I depart this podcast to go take care of a human baby, I want to thank Daniel, of course, for uh, being a, a friend, and mm-hmm. everyone for listening. And for Sean and Colin for uh, being on this Last episode, it was uh, the perfect way to cap off the experience. Yeah. And though this game was not a perfect game, a fun game <laughs> to talk about and a fun game to play with friends before I never see my friends again. <laughs> so <Agreed laughs> thank you both on all yeah. counts. And uh, you know, I'm gonna let Colin talk now because he's recommending the next game. Oh, yeah. I am recommending this game. To the first game to Sean and
2: myself. Yeah, the first game for Sean to play on this podcast, other than this one that we played. And Monster Hunter. And Monster Hunter. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The first, you know... Yeah,
2: your first solo... There's a milestone here. Yeah. Yeah. First game as a co-host. Yeah. Yeah, that's the words. So, the game I'm recommending is Evoland 2. I know, Daniel, you don't like playing the sequels of games. The first game... It's more of a demo. Here's here's the thing. I've played the first game. We're all
0: good, baby. Woo! And I don't <laughs> give a shit.
2: <laughs> all right. So, Evil Land 2, I played it on my iPhone. Um I, I believe it's for the computer as well. It might be for PlayStation. I'm it's, not positive.
3: It, it is on Steam. I don't think it's on any consoles. Okay.
2: Well, it's a lot of fun. It's um, not a perfect game, but it's kind of a... Um, Teardown of a bunch of different styles of RPGs that I think both of you'll enjoy. Sort of a
0: meta thing. Yeah, exactly.
2: It's super, super meta.
0: Um,
2: (laughs) That's what the first game was as well, but Mm -hmm. it kind of expands on that. Has a few more genres. It's not just RPGs. There's like some some shoot 'em up games in there. Oh, cool. Um, And there's a pretty fun card game. So those
0: of you who like card games, that's in there too. We both
3: love card games. We
0: do. We don't play the same one because I got sick of Yu Gi Oh. (laughs)
3: it's
2: uh it's not the most in depth, I think you'll both probably be a little bit angry at how you don't have as much control over it as you would like okay, but it's still fun okay um, cool yeah it's it's fairly short. it took me about twenty hours to beat it uh if you do a hundred percent completion, it'll take a little bit longer, but you know it's not not a strenuously long game, so cool nice.
3: yeah that that's a good recommendation, Colin, thank you for that yeah yes yeah i uh, I appreciate it, and I'll look forward to playing it great nice, cool, well. Now that we're done, I guess, God, it's going to be so weird without Max. I'm going to miss him so much.
0: I, I I, think that probably the best way to think about it is that we are giving something for Max to listen to now as yeah. he takes care of his kid, you know, yeah. or at work or whatever.
1: I'll always be with
3: you. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah. I guess we should
0: do the sign-off now, right?
3: Yeah. Um. I, I guess. Do we have like any any last thoughts, Co- Colin? Thank Thank you for guessing. Yeah. On our thank show. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I'm really. Eventually, I'm like down the line. I'm probably going to ask you to be a temporary co-host. Also, <laughs> I hope you're cool with that. Uh. You, obviously, you're allowed to say no. <laughs> uh. Anything you'd like to say before we
2: get out of here? Uh, no, just thank you for having me. Um, I think you both are going to really enjoy Evil Land 2, and I'm looking forward to hearing your discussion about it. Yeah,
0: cool. I'm looking that's... forward
3: to playing it. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, if you <laughs> managed to grab Marvel Ultimate Alliance before I got pulled off the store and you want anything to say about it, if you've played Evil Land 2, uh, want us to read your thoughts about it on our next episode, uh, send us an email to feedback at playthispodcast.com or tweet us at playthispodcast on Twitter. Uh, give us a follow and, and stuff. Uh, we, we like it when you do that. Yeah. Uh, that helps us out a lot. And thank you so much for listening to us. And thanks to any incomers uh, from Smashing Theory that, yes. that are going to listen to me and Sean do this now. It's going to be different than <laughs> Smashing
0: Theory. Uh, but I but, think you'll enjoy it if you if you like us on that podcast. Yes. that that feels likely. Yeah, we're, we're gonna try to sound
3: smarter than we do on Smashing <laughs> Theory. But I don't know how smart we can get. Uh, no, I, I,
0: I've actually been thinking about this, and I'm going to be like doing research and doing and like notes and things. And holy think shit! you can talk about wow because I want to keep the play this train of like intellectual gaming discussion going. I think it's my favorite thing about the podcast.
3: Yeah, and, so, uh, and now, we'll now that and now that Max is leaving, there's going to be a gap of intellect. <laughs> so, uh, so thank you for that.
0: <laughs> Absolutely.
3: <laughs> All right. Thanks everyone for listening. Uh oh. Shit. Can can you say the first part? I'm going
0: to. Okay. Great. It's dangerous to go alone.
1: It's game alone. Fuck.
0: Yeah. Already I'm fucking up. (laughs) Ah, I'm never going to be able to carry the torch. (laughs) You're doing great. It's dangerous to game alone. Play
3: this. I thought Colin was going to say something. (laughs) He just stared at me silently. (laughs) Thanks, Colin. Okay, bye.
0: (laughs) Bye. Game
4: over.